wiener, 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 wiener. <clears throat> I think over-discussing things, particularly in a show that's as over-discussed as Game of Thrones, is diminishing. Not my words, listeners, but the words of Aidan Gillen, who plays Littlefinger on Game of Thrones. And with that in mind... Welcome to another podcast about Game of Thrones. Hello, Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to this very special spoiler special. <laughs> very special spoiler special. Keytella wrote this in the bus on the way in, uh, dedicated to the seventh and penultimate season of HBO's Game of Thrones. Yes, over the next 90 minutes or so, we'll be discussing the twists and the turns, the deaths and the dragons, the great joys and the great joys. I went great joys, Dan Helen, sorry, uh, of this season. And yes, I know there are already dozens of Game of Thrones podcasts out there brought to you by specialists who are deeply immersed and well-versed in the books and the show. Hello to Joanna Robinson and Storm of Spoilers, to name but one. But none of those are hosted by an idiot who has seen literally two episodes of this show. So there's a gap in the market. I uh, thought we'd fill it. And thankfully, to counteract my craven foolishness, honestly, I am such a Rickon, uh, are two people who are heavily first in the shows and the books. Uh, welcome, Helen O'Hara. Hello. And James Dyer. Hello. How are you both? Very well, thank you. Yeah, good. Excellent. Um, you excited about this season? How did the season of Game of Thrones, did it match up to your lofty expectations? Were your expectations lofty? I mean, it has dragons in it and dragons doing dragony things like burning stuff. So yeah. I very much enjoyed that, obviously. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it mostly did live up to my expectations. It managed to shock me quite frequently. and uh, Ooh, That's interesting. Uh, or at least surprise me quite frequently. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of really satisfying stuff in it, um, which was good and made up for some of the bits that made no sense. <laughs> this is very true. It has a it has a velocity to it that has been that's velocity, Chris, not Velociraptor. That's velocity Raptor. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's got a it has a pace to it which has been lacking thus far. It's quite funny though because we're seven years in at this point and that suddenly they picked up the sp- the pace and I'm thinking if people weren't down with the really convoluted plotting and dynastic stuff by this point they've probably stopped watching. Um, so you know it's not like they've suddenly gone mainstream. Okay, but, uh, but no, it's good. Liked it lots. Very, yeah, very, very quick. Things exciting. We're building to a climax. It's um, it's quite funny. It's it's interesting that when they were following the books, mm-hmm. it was very plodding and very careful. And the second they have become unfettered mm-hmm. from the source material, they have flown much like a dragon uh, <laughs> at speed. Uh, not dissimilarly, I think, to the Wheel of Time series. Just draw a slide. Oh no 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 no! no, no. Okay, you I'm gonna, didn't. I'm going to put a stop I to that did. shit right now. <laughs> okay, this is this is Game of Thrones. <laughs> We may be back here. Other arcane nonsense. We may be back here in 15 years. We may be back here in 15 years to discuss the hit Wheel of Time series, Mm. uh, which they keep threatening to adapt. I'm really looking forward to the episode where Nynaeve tugs her braid. Oh, no, no. You know what? Let's move on. No. Because James is being disrespectful. No, Look, uh, no. To James's credit, though, can I just can I just give credit where it's due? I've never heard that moment? phrase before. But well, yeah, I. Um, <laughs> uh, when I just joined Empire a few months after I joined, I was still like Web Monkey. I think was my job title at yeah, the time. Um, James, uh, for my birthday, gave me several books, and being a total bastard, he gave me <laughs> number one of several different series, causing me to then have to you know, spend vast amounts of money finishing them off. Um, But one of them was uh, the first book of Game of Thrones. 
That's so. I'd completely forgotten that. Yep. What, what were the others? Do you remember? Uh, they weren't as good. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> but I still have them somewhere. Yeah, no, I've been I've been reading the Game of Thrones books since I think two thousand. I think I bought the first one in two thousand, okay. and I finished the third one. Uh, on top of literally uh, Mount Doom in New Zealand. I was doing the Tongariro Crossing. <laughs> and, and I finished there and I was like, oh, excellent. When I get down to the bottom, I'll find a bookshop and buy the next one. Uh-huh. Oh, which you, wasn't finished my, for five years. My sweet summer child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was very naive. And so I was frothing and raging for many years afterwards. Okay, so we're, we're, we're going to get into uh, spoiler territory. Obviously, this is a spoiler special. So if you haven't seen uh, Game of Thrones... Then uh, you're qualified to host this podcast, quite frankly. <laughs> but if you haven't seen Game of Thrones and you 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 don't want to know what happens, we are going to be discussing it in great big spoilerific detail. So just go away, highly to wherever it is you go. Take the black. sofa, go to the wall. <laughs> Look good. Just go to your local couch and watch just a season or the finale. I watched the finale. I you know I'm well. For, I'm up to speed. Um, I know what's happening with all the Starks and the the Theons and the people with the the, the, the zombie things mm. I know all about that sort of stuff um, such an expert but yeah so we'll be discussing that soon but we, we do have a, a guest as well before you hear us three idiots talking about the show uh, we do have a guest and he is one of the few surviving Starks uh, he is the three-eyed raven he was a kid but now he's all Bran uh, he is of course <laughs> Isaac Hempstead Wright, uh, Bran Stark himself, and he was talking to Helen and James, which is good, because if he'd been talking to me, I honestly wouldn't have had a clue. I'm really establishing my credentials here as well. Oh, really? yeah. uh, he was talking to Helen and James about all manner of things, past, present and future, uh, do enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Empire Podcast. Isaac Hempstead White, hello, how are you doing? Hello, how's it going? Um, so this is for our Game of Thrones Season 7 spoiler special. <laughs> we should make clear, we're going to spoil Season 7 in this. We're not going to spoil Season 8 for one very good reason, isn't that right? Yep, I've got no idea what happens yet. Fantastic. We're in, the, we're in the golden period where Season 7 has finished and we don't know what's going on in Season 8, so I can... Theorise all I like without fear of accidentally working out what's going to happen. Do they give you all of the scripts in advance? They kind of do it in bursts, so you'll get like three or four episodes and then the next three. But you get the whole thing, which is in equal parts terrifying and exciting. Like For the previous seasons, you're just excited to read it all. I'm absolutely terrified of the day when I get sent the season eight scripts (laughs) because I don't want the ending to this thing in my head. (laughs) That's unusual, because they send you the whole thing. They don't just give you your pages, no, and yeah, you all have you to get, get together and piece them. Now, well, I don't I don't know whether Season 8 will be different, because mm. I, I think there have been so many problems with people trying to hack and leak and, and so forth, um, so I, I don't know whether that will be slightly tighter this year. It, it, it would make a certain amount of sense, I guess. Um, I mean, how do you feel going into the final season? Because I mean, this has been... You know, part of your life now for half your life? Pretty, pretty much, much. Pretty much literally 50% of my <laughs> existence That's nice. has been Game of Thrones. Um, Feels the uh, same way for all of us. No, I'm really excited mainly to see how they're going to wrap it all up, um, just as a fan of the show, but... but it's going to be very odd not going off to Belfast every year and hanging out in the rain for six months in the, in medieval costumes. And, yeah. and seeing the... That's the thing. We really are a, a very tight-knit family, the Game of Thrones cast and crew, um, and that is really true. So it is, it's a great shame that we're not going to be able to spend as much time together anymore. Mm. Um, so it's going to be bittersweet. You have to have poker nights or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
And you really have been pretty much stuck in Belfast. Yeah, almost, yeah. Almost very, entirely. very few excursions to warm places. See, I made it to Spain for a week. <laughs> I was going to say, that was like, it was like, finally he when, gets abroad. When, when they actually said it, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was some kind of cruel trick, but... Uh, <laughs> I remember reading on IMDb that you'd originally gone to, uh, to to drama lessons to get out of doing football in the cold, and yet oh, you've yeah. been literally up to your the, arse in the, snow the for seven years. Irony, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember uh, I I just got the part, and we 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 were going off to film the first day, and uh, I'd never had any experience of the film industry before, really, and went went and shot the uh, in in the pilot the scene where we find the direwolves, and. I, I kid you not, it rained from from four in the morning till eight in the evening, non-stop, drenched. I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is not exactly what I was hoping for. Hollywood, here I come. Yeah. yeah. This is not the glamour I was promised. Yeah, no, Game of Thrones is not a glamorous set. Or at least not, not the, the locations aren't. I'm, I'm from Northern Ireland, I understand. Yeah. It's uh, beautiful, it's just... just quite wet <laughs> yes it is it's funny now because when I go home and if you sort of drive along the coast literally everywhere you stop has a little has a little sign saying Game of Thrones shot this here Game of Thrones shot that here Northern Ireland finally on the map <laughs> finally honestly it's a, it's a huge deal locally absolutely um do so you, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, do you do you watch the episodes? After yeah, I do. I do. How do you do? I, I, do you watch it with everyone else? Do you watch them in advance? Do you have I, cast screenings? We, we, so we watch the first episode um, at the premiere mm. uh, every year, and then you get to see bits and pieces when you do sort of post production stuff, um, uh, and so you can kind of piece together ideas. And, and you always, you always, whenever you're with producers or someone who has it on their computer, you're like, oh, come on, come on, show, show me one of the scenes. Um, but in general, we watch it as it comes out on the TV. Um, so I literally I watched the last episode on Monday night with with everyone else. Wow! Yeah. And did you? Uh, I mean, do you, do you get presumably when people are going to die, they get the call? Like it, it, it's true. It's like the some some Mossad type <laughs> stuff. You get like find your obituary in the no. <laughs> yeah, you get. I, I mean, I haven't had one yet. In the next few weeks, I may well receive one. Um, but. Uh, Basically, you'll you'll get a call in the morning or 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 at whatever time, and 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 they'll say your agent will say Dave and Dan want to have a conversation with you <laughs> later, and then then you know it's up because they never um, call normally. Then it, well, uh, the most terrifying thing was in season five. I, I had a season off, mm. um, and so it was all sort of getting ready for the preparations for the new season, and and then I got this call from my agent saying, "Oh, the producers would like to speak to you." Later. I think, oh no. <laughs> This is it. So when they when they just said, "Oh, just you're going to take a season off," I was like, "Oh, brilliant! That's fine. I'll take two seasons off." <laughs> Long as you want, mate. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so, let, I mean, let's talk about this season a little bit because, you know, Bran to say he's changed would be an understatement. Like he's he's genuinely he, there's an entirely different person in his head now. Or person may be the wrong word. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's more that the the person he was is a much smaller part of his head mm. now. It's like there was that great line um, he said to Mira, which really summed it up. Which was, I remember what it felt like to be Brandon Stoke, but I remember so much else now. Mm. Yeah. Um, and and so it's 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 really like it, it's impossible to imagine what that would do to a human brain having the entire history of of the universe downloaded. Um, all of a sudden, um, and, and we can see that Bran still isn't ready for this yet. As, as the old Three-Eyed Raven made it quite clear, um, Bran is not ready. He, you know, he's uh, he's he's had to jump into this before he's completed all his training, and and so 
how his power is now is it's like he's got a Kindle library of everything, every volume of time, but he hasn't read through them all yet. Mm. Um, whereas the old three-eyed raven has sat in that tree for, for 2,000-odd <laughs> years, has learned every word off by heart, but Bran still, uh, still needs to be guided in the right direction, which is so great now that, that he's united with, uh, with perhaps the uh, most curious character in Game of Thrones, Samuel Tarly. Yeah, what a good um, combo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so that that scene between them was great because you could see him realising, oh, here's a place I need to look at. Let's go there. Yeah, mm, I, know. I love he's, that. He's got the ultimate CCTV collection ever. <laughs> so, did you know this? No, I didn't know that. Hang on a second. Let me watch it happen in yeah, real time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice one. Genius. That was a that was a lovely moment actually earlier in the season when uh, when uh, he's mansplaining what he's doing to Gilly and she drops the biggest plot bombshell we've yeah. ever had <laughs> yeah. and he just cruises straight through it completely. <laughs> I know her. people are quite frustrated actually that he hit it with with Bran. He didn't give Gilly the credit for well, that. Yeah. Like, Gilly found this out. <laughs> Well, I think that, I think the line is that he's already translated it, and that's what she was reading. But like, even so, yeah. he did not cover himself in glory in that no, scene. No, he didn't. Um, and then, and then we get to see the sort of the wolf pack, the uh, the Stark team yeah, up, back in business, back in business at last. Yeah. It's been a really long time. I know, I know, um, and it. it I mean, it was such a bittersweet reunion to begin with, um, thinking that Sansa was going to murder her sister and mm. Bran was just this creepy, like, psychopath who just... Is, he just keeps getting left out by that weirwood tree. It's that, <laughs> everyone always leaves and just leaves Bran in his wheelchair. It's like, no. how's he going to get back? Um, but, uh, no, to, to watch them all come together and work as a team, I think... Uh, I think was really cool. Mm. Commonly, that wonderful kind of mock trial scene, as yeah. it were, wonderfully played by yeah. Aidan Gillen. Uh, I know being on set for that day was like watching him do that over and over again, and those just the confused expression of of Littlefinger finally unraveling mm. um, all these lies, catching up to him with with, with <laughs> unfortunately no way of, of of getting out of it because he does have a CCTV <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. Sitting, sitting at the table, going, "Oh, actually, he said that." He said that. He said <laughs> I that. was there. No yeah. everything. Sorry, sorry, mate. Uh, there was a wonderful line you had with the, the chaos is a ladder line. That oh, was fantastic. That was so much fun. Everyone furiously going in, saying, "What does that mean?" I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, do you think everybody's kind of everyone in Winterfell seems to have got now that Bran's got weird powers? They yeah. may not know exactly. Or it's just weird. It's one of the two, really. For them, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like he's a little bit cuckoo. Um, no, I, I, I mean, Bran is really a pretty powerful weapon, to be honest. To have someone who can literally fact-check anything or, or, or look up anything in, in the history of the world and, and have him at your beck and call is, is, is a pretty useful... Uh, can we officially refer to that as brand-splaining? Yeah, brand I've heard it called brugling, like brand-googling. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. I yeah. like them both. Okay, um... And he did. He did a bit less kind of exciting warging this season, and I kind of feel like that might be why theories have gone crazy, like yeah, the Night King this theory. Night King, thing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've literally seen people putting pictures of of my face yep. next to the Night King's. Again. Well, that's it. That's confirmed. <laughs> They're identical. It's like, do I really look like an ancient ice zombie? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I don't see it right now. You know, um, I didn't see it in the pictures. I guess they have two eyes and two ears. So you yeah, know, it's yeah. pretty. Well, pretty. For all you know, this is legitimately where it's going. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, if I'd, if I'd read that Hodor theory on the internet, I would have thought, oh, no, that's crazy. Well, how so, how far... I mean, did you know that at the beginning of the season? That must yeah, have been quite the bombshell. I, I, I just remember reading it, and I was like, this can't be... And when it when it actually said, and then Hodor died... Well, it didn't, didn't exactly say die, but yeah. it's, you know, 
left pretty clear that he's been massacred. I, I, I genuinely didn't believe it. I thought, no, no, he did. He's coming back as something. This can't be right. And yeah. then when it became all too clear that this was the end of the most lovable character in Westeros, <laughs> gutted. One but, of my but favorite. I, I, I actually, um, when I read that. I went up on Google and I, I had a quick... I just Googled, hold the door, hold the door, and some guy on some forum... There's only one person who yep. I think had worked it out. Had ca- they hadn't got it exactly right. They thought it had something to do with the Targaryens, but they'd basically got this whole idea of hold the door blurring into, uh, into Hodor. Wow. Yeah. That is hugely it impressive. It read like they were kind of joking. Like, it, like yeah. was it an actual theory where, where it was a, whether it was a gag thing? But I think George mentioned afterwards, actually someone had... And I think he pointed people towards that, yeah. uh, which is kind of funny. That's amazing. It's, yeah, it's crazy stuff. You don't think Hodor is going to come back as a zombie because that would be but, like well, super he must upsetting. Be, though. He must be, like, because he wasn't burnt alive. Zombie Christian. So no, he, he, uh, he, must he must be knocking about this. I reject this completely. <laughs> yeah. no, no, not allowed. I'd love to see him come back with Bran. Oh, so. Sad. Oh my gosh. Like, having to kill zombie Hodor. Oh. Was he, I mean, was, was he understanding? You spent a lot of time on his back, let's be honest. Yeah, well, was I mean, good about it? we were either going to become really good friends or worst enemies with, with you know, this little ten-year-old strapped to this poor guy's back. But funny, like, the first time I ever met Christian, we were, um, we, we were having a fitting for, you know, the sort of knapsack that, yeah. that Bran, Bran had on his back. And... Uh, I was chatting with Christian, and and in that way that all like young kids uh, do, it's like, oh, have you got any apps on your phone? Can I play? Can I play on any any, any of your apps? And he's like, yeah, I've got this cool uh, Harry Potter spells app. You know, have a go with that. And he said, just don't throw my phone across the car park. So I was playing with it, and then, <laughs> lo and behold, threw his phone straight across our studio car park and smashed it into those pieces. And then uh, then watched. Watched Christian's uh, strained expression, I think, as he tried not to go completely berserk. <laughs> but from that day on, after the insurance claim, uh, we were <laughs> we were best friends. <laughs> I, uh, Harry, yeah. Well, who knew about the lost link between Harry Potter and Game of Thrones? Yeah, there had to yeah, be one. Yeah, yeah, somewhere, had to be somewhere. Uh, well, <laughs> I like the idea that there's a link between Westworld and Game of Thrones. Have you heard that? Thing? No. What is it? That that Game of Thrones is actually just one of the worlds. One of the parks. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. How cool is that? That would be an excellent. And then who would be the robots? Who would be the people who've joined the park? HBO crossover potential. This could keep it going for years. Every single HBO show is a different Westworld. (laughs) It feels that way, actually. (laughs) So, what's the, I mean, of all the secrets you have been privy to, what was the hardest one to keep? Uh, I think for everyone, it was the whole Jon Snow is coming back to life. I mean, because everyone basically knew as well. It was like. It was it was the prerequisite for every interview. It was like, uh, so is Jon Snow coming back? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Look, we know he is. He oh, hasn't no. cut his hair. That was the thing, wasn't it? He didn't cut his and hair. And there were pictures of him on set. You know, like all these in people Belfast. with their drones. <laughs> It yeah. is impossible now because, like, the internet was a problem for keeping secrets. But now, with drones, you can't do anything. It's a nightmare. You? Yeah, I, I mean, the the I mean, when you've got, it's flattering in a way that that people are so so focused on this show that they 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 want to know everything about it and they want to know before anyone else. But more than anything, it's just it spoils it for everyone. I, I mm. mean, the word spoiler really does just mean it, it ruins it. It's such a shame when you you know I, I can remember loving shows and then what show? Oh yeah, yeah, Westworld actually got spoiled for me. I found something on. I'm like, no, 
just ruin like the biggest twist, and, and it sucks. It's it's not fun for anyone. It, um, it's the Americans that are to blame. No offense yeah. to them, but it, it, it's that we get it on Monday night, and they so we have social media blackout all day Monday oh, because they yeah. will invariably ruin it. Yeah. For everyone else, yeah, well, you, you just have to avoid social media. I've like, just I've just started watching it on a Monday morning, and it's been so much better. <laughs> it's so great. Honestly, get out first thing seven a.m. Watch it, and then you can safely go about your business for the end of the day, for the rest of the day, without having to worry about Game of Thrones being spoiled. Speaking of knowing things you're not supposed to know, I, I, I think it's fairly <laughs> safe to say that Bran has been it's good. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> the most frustrating character in that he knows everything, and yet has been spectacularly unhelpful. Well, uh, let me let me clear some of this up because it, it, it is Bran's power has has not been. You know, terrifically well explained. I don't think how it is is basically. It's not like he knows absolutely everything. He just has access to everything at the moment. Um, as I said, it's like he's got this whole Kindle library mm. of all the volumes. But he just he's reading through bits and pieces, but he hasn't got the whole thing, you know, down to a T yet. Um, and also, there is a. I, I don't know if I, I, I can mention this, but I'm, I'm going to. Um, there was a scene that we shot for that last episode where Sansa comes to Brand's chamber. Um, and says, Bran, I need your help, which kind of helps explain how the three Starks then, then mm. got together to, to sort of do little things. Because he says, oh, hang on, sorry, I should have mentioned this, yeah. but he's evil and yeah, has always exactly. been evil. <laughs> but I, I don't think Bran had got that yet. He just kind of figured out that there was some weirdness there. But, because but the I chaos think, is a ladder thing is a bit of a tell. Yeah, definitely. But I, I think Bran is so focused, really, on, on, on the... The, the bigger issue, which is the Night King and, mm. and, and the Army of the Dead. Like, mm. uh, Bran is so not bothered about all these petty squabble, petty, you know, um, infighting mm. in, yeah. in, in Winterfell because, you know, nuclear war is basically about to descend on... And because on, on he's the Night King, that would obviously... Uh, yeah, well, so, yeah. Of course! <laughs> yeah, well, you heard it here first. <laughs> um... But it, it is interesting because it feels like the whole show is getting a bit that way. It's kind of catching up with Brian in that sense because, you know, we we are coming to a conclusion. I don't think it's a spoiler to say, like, season eight has to have some kind of conclusion yeah. unless it goes the full Sopranos. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and so, like, we have to start stop squabbling about stuff and start having some... Some team I, I, mean, ups. I, I thought that was a great way of ending it with Cersei and, and Jamie, yeah. Jamie finally realising that she is completely fucking mental. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? I mean, something yeah. brand new about the two of them back in episode one. Yeah, I know. I know. Brand's always had secrets about various <laughs> incestuous relationships yeah. you know, with, with bloody Daenerys and, and Jon Snow, or rather mm. Aegon Targaryen. Yeah. yeah, fascinating juxtaposition of that scene. You know, because on one hand you had all the people who had been cheering on John Eris John Eris for the last seven seasons. And then on the other hand you have at exactly the same time the revelation that yes, they're definitely related. So yeah. it was... Um, and he's in bed with creepy Auntie Danny. Oh. Well, maybe he's creepy nephew John. <laughs> oh. I mean, let's not assign blame here. <laughs> Yeah. Although I, I like the like the very ominous, portentous uh, uh, expression on Peter Dinklage's face when he's yeah. sort of looking at the door. <laughs> he's and like, slightly oh, shit. <laughs> this is not going to end well. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now we've worked out John is the heir to the Iron Throne. I mean that that is going to be big next season. I suspect there's going to be a lot of chaos. Mm. Have you stemming from that? Lots of this stuff has kind of ramped up in this season. Have you felt you know even making this that. The velocity has changed. Oh, definitely. It was so fast-paced. Almost kind of too fast-paced. It's like, whoa, hang on, slow down. Well, where, where are we now? What's going on? Um, but that's the thing. I think 
it, it, it's it's a credit to our, our showrunners and producers that they're not trying to stretch this story out to another two, you know, full ten episode seasons. They recognise that yeah. there's not that much left of this story to go, um, and and they acknowledge that it's just going to become. It, it, they don't really want to spoil something that's been that's that's told a story so well and it's taken so much time to tell it. Um, and and I think if we did end up with two long seasons again, it would just end up being you know too slow and and mm. and. and, and you wouldn't get that explosive finale. It would just be like, oh, you know, is that show ever going to end? <laughs> um, so uh, definitely season seven has been so far. Like every episode, there's another big battle or, or there's some huge revelation. Like I, I honestly can't think of a single episode where there wasn't something huge happening. Mm. Um, uh, uh, and so season eight, I can only imagine what the hell they're going to do there. Have you met George R. R. Martin? I'm guessing you must have. Yeah, I, I haven't seen him around for a while because I think he's he's focusing on the uh, on that new book. Good. good. <laughs> but uh, no, met him. Many, he's such a charming man and such a such a great mind. Um, it's it's really cool to. Uh, yeah, when you when you actually get to meet him at, at, at an event or whatever, you can corner him and ask him all the questions about you know his books because mm. the show is great because it's kind of diverged into its own thing mm. um, you know they uh, you know they're both going to surely end in in the same kind of um, in the same kind of way but it's it's nice to kind of get involved with with the complex world he's made because as, as as massive as the Game of Thrones television um, universe is it's nothing compared to what George R. R. Martin mm. has created in his head yeah um, so the moment you get to sort of corner him and talk to him about it all this is always really cool it's fascinating because he's we've had him on this very podcast in fact, oh, cool. and uh, he, he's, he's often said he's more of a gardener as a writer he makes it up as he goes along and it, it right. unfolds before him so he I think he knows where he's going but he never really knows how he's going to get there. exactly so yeah. it might well deviate quite wildly from where you guys are going on the show and uh, and I think that's quite nice actually because you know uh, the books are such a, a, a cult thing as it is you almost don't want them to end up being sort of spoilt as it mm. were um, by, by the television show so I think it's quite nice that the two can, can be their own things whilst you know inextricably linked yeah yeah, definitely um, was there a cast member that you regret not working with because I'm guessing there's some people who just uh, well, uh, one of my best mates I, I met on this show is Dean Charles Chapman who played Tommen um, Baratheon and I would have loved to have got to have oh, a scene yeah. with him um, that would have been so much fun just purely selfishly um, but <laughs> anyone else I mean I'd like uh, I'm hoping there's going to be a Jamie Brand reunion mm-hmm. I think that would be really really cool especially yeah. since he's headed hopefully north now to, it, to it seems like that's got to come I think that would be really really cool yeah uh, one can only yeah, imagine nice how <laughs> <laughs> given how freaked out Littlefinger was I feel like what Jamie exactly would be... Can you imagine how 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 yeah, <laughs> how scared Bran could make him? Yeah, he could really question his morals. <laughs> when are you? Do you know when you're starting shooting again? Uh, I, I think in the next few months. Mm. I think it'll it'll start kick off. But I, 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 we've had no scripts yet. We haven't mm. had. Uh, Winter in Belfast. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm starting to think we're not going to get anything. I, I honestly think it might be like... I, I remember they did that EastEnders episode years back um, where someone got killed away. Not that I watched it, I just remember this because it was like a live episode. But three different characters. Because one of the characters... Oh, it was who killed someone. I can't yeah. remember. But they all got different different scripts. So, And then on the night, they said... One, they said which one was actually going to be the be the killer. So uh, I, I feel like that might happen. With they the did that as far back as Empire Strikes Back, where they didn't give them the actual. It said 
Obi-Wan Kenobi was your father. That was the line Dave Proud really? read out. And only James Earl Jones had the real line. So they didn't want that getting out. They didn't even have the internet then. So can't be too careful. Oh, can't wow. be too careful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. But there's, I mean, we don't even know when we're going to see the new season yet. I mean, there's lots of people saying that might not be till 2019. It's going to be a while, I think. Yeah. Which will kill me. Everyone <laughs> um, <laughs> will be like, Game of What? What was that thing? Remember this oh, show? God, I remember that. That unfinished. Really <laughs> retro, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of nuts. I think the the level of uh, of excitement for it will be will be monumental. But I think yeah. having to wait two years, it's fine. <laughs> It'll only give other people a chance to catch up and you know, yeah, get where we are. It'll, it'll be good. So season seven, what what do you think? If you had to, if you actually had to pick a best scene for this season, what do you reckon it'd be? Mm, uh, I mean, just in terms of the pure visual effects I, I, I like bringing the wall down was insane mm. that I, I, and just what that means for for us now i mean this is the the massive unstoppable ice wall you know um that has stood for millennia you know one of the 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 key features of westeros the fact that that has now come down uh, yep. is epic is is totally totally terrifying for everyone can i tell you my personal theory sure. it's come down without injuring in any way torment yeah, yeah. okay so who, who spoiler is helen's favorite character <laughs> <laughs> like that's really important i feel like we get that established so I, it's 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 funny isn't it because you, everyone wonders what the night king's been doing for seven seasons when he's got to be like 300 yards away from the wall and then of course he was just waiting for someone to give him a dragon because otherwise yeah. surely there was no way past it yeah Except- i mean I, I think the night king is pretty similar to daenerys in many ways like started off we just saw we saw in that first episode you, you catch a glimpse of one white walker and mm. that's clearly mm. you know there aren't many of them in the same way that Daenerys is, you know, back then hasn't even thought about getting an army together. And then as the seasons go on, it becomes clearer and clearer that an army is being built and they're pretty epic. And, you know, Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. Dragons yeah. and the Night King. I don't know. I feel like. Bit of foreshadowing. I, I feel like, yeah, that's Although the thing. They did show you that shot of Eastwatch by the Sea. And it showed you the wall extending, what, 300 metres? Into the water. Yeah, and no one ever heard of a boat. I'm just saying, <laughs> you could have totally yeah, gone I mean, around it. If, if the Night King can organise the zombies to get all those chains <laughs> yeah. to bring the bloody dragon out, surely, yeah. surely they just could build thing. like a, just a I little. I think we've boat. established that boat that zombies can't swim. I mean, I think that that seems to be. Canon. And you're throwing their sort of seamanship skills into. I, I am questioning yeah, okay. their ability maybe, to. Maybe say, they're terrified of water. Maybe there's, or maybe they're just like they get really waterlogged and just kind of sink. Yeah. Or dissolve yeah. or something. Oh yeah, ice and water. That's it. It's going, going to be epic. And and how about you? Are you are you looking forward to life after Thrones? Are you slightly dreading it? How are you um, feeling? I mean, the end of secure yearly employment <laughs> is going to be slightly concerning. Uh, but no, it'll be nice. I mean, I think it's definitely run its course. Um, and and I think it's time to make way for other aspects of of the Game of Thrones world. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with these prequel ideas and and all the other all the other spin-offs they they have in in the works. Um but I, I it's going to it's just going to be a very odd thing not 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 being a part of it anymore because it's not it's not there anymore. Mm. Uh, it's been such a regular fixture of my life and of everyone's lives. Um from the crew who who have literally like people have uh, 
when it first started, were just trainees. They'd never been involved in the film industry before. And now, you know, they're producers. Mm. And it, 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 it's meant so much to so many people. And it's been such a, a vehicle for so many different people's careers. And uh, and just, uh, there have been babies from Game There are so many Game of Thrones babies from people who have met on the set. Um and so it, it's going to be like it's going to be like finishing school again. It's going to be like a really yeah. It's going to be really sad. Wow. Speaking of which, are you off to uni this year? Or I am. Yeah, in the next few, I've got so many preparations <laughs> to do. I like I haven't thought about it much yet, but I am off. Is, are you? Is it going to be fresh this week? You'll have a bad saying. Hi, I'm Isaac. Don't ask me about season oh, eight. Oh god, I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, but also there's going to be so much Game of Thrones chatter. It'll be fun though. Yeah. Maybe everyone will really ostentatiously not mention it. For yeah. like months, <laughs> or they'll just think that they'll just think he looks so much like that the guy. Night King. He yeah. looks so <laughs> much like the Night King. <laughs> and on that ridiculous note, <laughs> we should probably draw this up. Um, Isaac, thank you so much for coming in. Look forward to to season eight. No, thank you for having and me. And Freshers Week. Woo! <laughs> A final question. Okay. As the three-eyed Raven, what will this week's Euro Millions be? Five. Wait, is that yet? Yeah, no, five. Seven. You, actually, no, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, because that's actually just as likely as any other combination. <laughs> Statistically, that, that is That's true. what made me, like, because I always used to do the lottery thing, oh, maybe this, this, could, this could happen, and I was like, oh, no, might as well get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So, there you go. That's okay. ju- that is just as likely as any other prediction. If I win, I'll split it with you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's Isaac Hempstead Wright. Uh, good chat? It yeah. was a good chat. He couldn't tell us any spoilers because he doesn't know any. But, nevertheless... You'll yeah. notice, actually, at the moment, all of the Game of Thrones cast are doing lots of interviews. Mm. Uh, I've seen over the last couple of days, you know, Brienne's been talking, Tormund's been talking. They have real names as well, but we don't care. <laughs> um, and uh, and they're finally able to actually talk about the show because we've now seen season seven, so they can discuss that. But they haven't read the scripts for season eight, so they can't spoil right. it. So it's it's this rare golden opportunity to actually discuss things. Of course, that's what they say. But they're actors, Helen. How they do we could know? be acting. They could be acting. Now, I or don't professional liars is the, the, the term <laughs> I prefer to use. Um, so the guy who plays Tormund, mm-hmm. uh, whose name is Christopher, and I can't pronounce his surname. I'm, I apologise. He's okay. Norwegian. Christopher O'Hara. I think we've agreed <laughs> on, haven't we? I believe we have. Yes. He takes Helen's name. Is that how it works? Absolutely. He's a wildling. <laughs> He's a wildling. <laughs> things they do things differently. North Helen is his spear wife. That's not a euphemism. <laughs> so you you uh, you like a bit of the old Tormund, eh? No, I just think he's a great character. Also, okay. yes. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so um, there's been a lot of speculation. We, we will have questions. A lot of you have been sliding into my DMs and sending us in questions about this season of Game of Thrones. Um, and we'll be getting those in a second. But certainly one of the big cliffhangers, in fact, the big cliffhanger uh, at the end of the episode is Tormund. Yeah. And um, and Beric. Beric, yeah. I mean, they wouldn't, I think, kill those survive? two. I don't think they'd kill those two off screen. Right. What's he been saying in interviews? Um, he's worried that he's buried under a ton of ice, I think. Um, well, that wouldn't be good, would it? No, it would be bad. Um, <laughs> it would. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, the last we saw of them was the wall crumbling behind them, but they were still moving away from the crumbling bit. Um, they could make their way along the top of the wall to Castle Black, theoretically, but they're still, they've still got an army of Isn't the dead, like potentially. like 50 miles? Yes, yes it is, yes. <laughs> um, and, and what kind of a, you know, re- reception they'll find at Castle Black we don't know. Mm. Um, so things are not maybe shiny for them right now, mm-hmm. but they're also not definitely dead. So is this a show on which you need to see the body? 
Uh, kind of I thing. mean, more than you need yeah. to see the beheading and the burning <laughs> and the spreading of the ash. That's true. We didn't, but we can count on Brienne to get the job done. Whereas yeah, I don't think we can true. count on Viserion to get the job done because he's named after a, a rat bastard, and I think he's kind of a turncoat himself. And you know, loving Chris's expression at the moment. Oh yeah, no, he is. Viserion the dragon, who was turned by the by the Night King. Speak to me as you would a small child. Is named a- after Daenerys's rat fink brother, oh. Viserys, who was terrible. That motherfucker. I'm I'm going to get this out of the way now because sure. otherwise we're all just going to be waiting for it. But you know nothing, Chris Hewitt. Yes, it had to happen. It, it, if it doesn't happen at least one more time in this podcast, <laughs> I'll be very very upset. Uh, because I, I have I've I've not watched Game of Thrones. No, you are uh, the one. I am. But no, there's loads of other people. I know lots of people. No, who it seen is Game actually true. I was actually discussing this with someone earlier this week. I was trying to explain the the appeal of it and with a pie chart and the graphs, lines, stickers, props, <laughs> dragons, small dogs. Yeah. Uh, and I remember, of course I said, there's the theory that Bran is in fact the Night King, to which he responded, who the fuck is the Night King? But the, and that was Who is this much, person? Hmm? Just one of the very few people, one of your ilk who has okay. never seen Game of Thrones. But they knew who Bran was? Uh, they knew who Isaac Hempstead Wright was. Presumably okay, well, they, they liked the box trolls. Isn't it a bit like, I don't know, isn't it a bit like saying, I don't own a TV actually, saying I don't watch Game of Thrones? Well, humble brag. It's a little bit, bit. yeah. I don't watch Game of Thrones. It's like so. a little bit. I'm. I'm just no, so. There's loads of shows I don't watch. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. You know, Made are. in Chelsea is on, so I really have no need. To watch. <laughs> no, I, I don't watch that shit, mate. No, 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 no. Not when Blue Bloods is on the other side. <laughs> what is Tom Selleck going to get up to is up this with episode? Those awful dinner sequences. That's if I watched them, have one more meal together. It's the Christ. Abs- that part of the show, <laughs> that part of Blue Bloods, is absolutely awful. I don't think I've met a character I want to crush under a fridge more than the granddad on Blue Bloods. I feel like, possibly, and this is just a suggestion, we might be getting a smidge off topic. Well, just, well, listen, if you can talk about Wheel of Time, but I can talk about Blue Bloods. In the last episode of Blue, Brother, Blue, Blood, Blue yeah. Brothers, Blue <laughs> in the last episode of Blue Bloods, there was a surprising sequence where the, the granddad ice dragon. took his face off and it was Arya Stark and the rest of the family <laughs> fell down dead because she just poisoned them all. Well, so that was an interesting crossover. Let's talk about that because that was the opening of season seven. And one of the best moments. And one of the absolute best mm. moments, Arya Stark poisoning not just Lord Frey, she'd obviously already done that off yeah. camera. All the Freys. All of the Freys. <laughs> the entire house. And it was super satisfying and just brilliantly done. Uh, and uh, it really kind of set the tone for the season. It's like, finally, some of the worst people in Westeros might get their comeuppance just a little bit. The phrase were world-class bastards. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in, in a show full of bastards, they were the bastards. Uh, they are, Chris, responsible for the Red Wedding. Yes, I'm aware yes, of it. Where, where As Robert, you know, James, yeah. this is the thing. I don't watch Game of Thrones, <laughs> but I do read the spoilers. Yeah. So you probably know more about it than most, but yeah. you've never really seen it. I have a working knowledge of who people are. Yeah. So I know that you know it's generally bad to be a Stark, especially in the early part of the show. <laughs> yeah. um, I know that they've never really talked about their weird rich cousin, Tony, <laughs> who could fly around. That's, I'm expecting him to come in a season eight at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Helen and I were talking beforehand, and I, 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 I spec 
speculated that wouldn't it be awesome if this turned out to be a prequel to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in some way and that uh, the dragons one of the dragons is actually Fin Fang Foom that would be amazing ends up fighting Iron Man at the end of that, that I'm just <laughs> no speculating one would, no one but you would see that coming so I mean. it's going to end it's going to end with them on the Iron Throne but then there'll be that the, the like, Iron someone Man will say throne. the words there must always be a Stark in Winterfell which is the thing <laughs> you'll pan up to the north and Stark Tower <laughs> will have been erected in the ashes of Winterfell yes yeah that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Um, but but I, yes. I, I'm aware of some stuff, so I, I know what the Red Wedding is. Yeah. So okay. the phrase, who perpetrated yeah. that, Arya poisons them all. She invites them all, pretend, because she's now a faceless man. Yes, I'm aware she's of that. A, a magic assassin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I particularly like uh, Arya's arc, uh, generally, because she's gone from this little girl, little sort of like tomboy girl, to a badass motherfucker. Like, and I just love the line when someone says, oh, who's, who's protecting uh, Arya? And Brienne says something along the lines of, the only one who needs protecting is anyone who gets in her way, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was great, because literally Maisie's about four foot or something, <laughs> but a little demon. And her little fight with uh, Brienne oh was great, actually. God, yes. Really cool. Really, really good. Just the expression on her face, that little cocky, I'm so good at own you face. <laughs> uh, very, very good. Um, okay, so we should take some questions? Sure, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm going to take these in the order in which they were sent. So some questions may will probably double up. Uh, so if your question doesn't get read out, it's not because it was rubbish. It's because someone beat you to the punch. So here we go. This is from um, Connor Keneally asks, if it was a Game of Thrones sitcom spinoff <laughs> where two characters moved into an apartment in modern day New York City, which two characters would you pick and why? Not really pertaining to the spoiler special, but it's the first one we got. Littlefinger and Varys. Why? Because they'd be like, I, and think of it as kind of a modern odd couple updating, uh, and they would plot the downfall of you know everyone. everyone. Okay, hmm. not so, much of a sitcom. Yeah, <laughs> I'm guessing could be quite funny. All right. I mean, I have to say, you know, after season, after the second last episode, Beyond the Wall. Um, I think maybe the Hound and Tormund. Yes, Tormund. Uh-huh. No, but he was the funniest thing in that episode by quite a long way. And uh, and you'd have you'd have Brienne coming in as a guest star, and he'd just make goo goo eyes at her like the entire time, and she would ignore him like the entire time, and it'd be great. I think it very much depends on whether it's on network television or cable. Because if it's on cable, <laughs> then I'm all about the Hound being in it because no one says fuck off or. Quite like Roy, Roy yeah, McCann. It's and there's the explicit warning <laughs> <laughs> label Thank you, Apple. On, on the old uh, iTunes. He, I mean, his, his ability for delivering uh, caustic expletives is extraordinary. Uh, love him. It's interesting because uh, I, I, I watched this episode. I think the last episode I watched, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you'll get a kick out of this. I watched it because I hosted a Q and A afterwards. What? You're a monster. You're an, I'm an absolute monster. monster. Um, and it was uh, hard home. It was mm-hmm. yeah, yes. So big. That party. was an amazing episode, and yes, I thought was. this episode was great as well. And everything I've seen of Game of Thrones is great. It's just the more I go on not watching it. I have to sit down, I have to set aside 67 hours, and my wife doesn't really feel like it's going to be her kind of show, so I'm not... I mean, look, we, we are at peak TV, we all have yeah. to make these decisions. Um, like I mean, no, you've made the wrong one, you don't but watch, you know, that's your... You don't watch, one of you doesn't watch Better Call Saul, I watch Better... Is that, or do you both watch I it? I started it, but I haven't... I, I started have, it, I've but left it for similar long. to Helen, I kind of got... Everyone bored. can't watch everything. Yeah. yeah. Although James gives it a damn good I do, good actually. Go. I've seen an extraordinary amount of shit. Okay. Um, but yeah, the Hound wasn't in uh, Hard Home, I think, which is what I was. No, I was he saying. probably wasn't. No, this yeah. is before he because he was in inverted commas dead for quite okay. some time uh, before before becoming unearthed again by Ian McShane. Okay, Lovejoy. 
Yeah. yeah. It tracked him down. Yeah. It was astonishing. Toughest case yet. An antique. Amazing. Uh, all right. The Peter Monday asks Should the last episode get a cinema release to deal with the scale that they have teased? Hmm. Because they're, t- they're talking about every. They're, they're saying that every episode of uh, The Truncated, it's only, what, six episodes? Yeah, I believe so. In, mm. uh, six feature length episodes. Season eight will all be feature length. Hmm. But do you feel that the show should make that transition? Because even though, and again, coming to it fresh, sure. I thought the effects were pretty damn good. I mean, they've got the Dragon CG down pretty much, I would mm. say. I don't yeah. know whether it's always been that good. Um, I don't know whether the compositing was always that decent. It's always been good. It has got better. Weirdly, I, I think the more impressive effect shots are the uh, the ones you don't see, the sort of extensions, because there's lots yeah. of videos on YouTube where they show you this is the set or this is the location shoot and then this is what it appears like. Just mm. the way they turn the locations into mm. King's Landing or, you know, wherever else they are in any particular moment. Mm. Yeah, I think, um, I think yeah, the, that, that kind of invisible effects work is, is yeah, stunning. Like Dragonstone, good. like the externals for yeah. Dragonstone are incredible. They're mm. really, really impressive. And certainly Hard Home was uh, projected onto cinema screen and, and did look pretty mm. yeah. amazing. When I mean, yeah, I'd love to see it on a big screen. I think, uh, I think they might because it is a, a big event and I think we, we're starting to see a bit more of that. Obviously, The Inhumans is going to be an interesting test case and I imagine HBO will be watching that quite carefully, mm. um, the little IMAX release of that. Um, but I... But that would be interesting, though, wouldn't it? Because mm. my understanding, I mean, people keep talking about what's the biggest show on TV and in terms of viewing figures, you know, obviously it's HBO, it's 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 premium cable, but mm. it gets a lot of viewers Game of Thrones, But it's right? funny, isn't it? Because so, like, it is the biggest TV show ever made in terms of, I think, uh, impact, significance and obsession. But if you look at pure viewing figures, obviously because it's cable, it's not close to... The kind of the the you know the incredible. Well, what's the highest rated TV show ever? Was it? Uh, it's be something like the Mash finale, finale of Mash. Yeah, it's the yeah, Mash finale. Like yeah. So it won't even come close to those kind of figures. No. Yeah. Or Blue Bloods. But then equally, the average it, episode it, of Blue Bloods. Yeah. <laughs> the average dinner scene from Blue Bloods. Uh, it's um, but it is the most pirated show on the internet. So you actually, I wonder whether we have any clue what the actual viewing figures are. Well, I think its influence, its reach, is greater. No mm. one's coming into the office <laughs> in the morning and going, "Did you see Blue Bloods last night? Oh my God, Donnie Wahlberg." You're not going to believe this. He cracked a case. I don't understand why this is the comparison. Well, it's just it's a show that's on my mind. Or, or Bake Off, right? But people right. come in and talk about Bake Off. People do come, come in and talk, talk about, about Bake Blue Off. Bloods, all right? But water yeah. cooler talk. I wonder, one of the reasons why I can keep up a Game of Thrones is because you come into the office and you're always talking about it. But did you see that? Blah, 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 blah. And having been around when you spoiled the wire liberally for people, I, I figured <laughs> I'd get ahead of the, uh, the curve in this one. Um, but this show obviously has a bigger cultural reach. It yeah. may not... It may not match the viewing figures of something like a like a Blue Bloods or a <laughs> or a Bake Off or an NCIS <laughs> or a Bake Off, but culturally it seems to mm. be having a bigger impact. But I find that fascinating because because fantasy has long been the kind of redheaded stepchild of you know genre, and uh, Lord of the Rings, the film Lord of the Rings, not the books, mm. I didn't did an extraordinary amount to sort of drag it kicking and screaming from you know the basement of Forbidden Planet to the mainstream and I think it's no longer a dirty word it's no longer embarrassing to say I read fantasy I like fantasy whereas it very much was I think before Peter Jackson put those films out uh, so it's really funny to me because when they said they were adapting this uh, part of me was just like don't do that because it's mine and I don't want you people getting in on my action uh, because I like it and I'm cool and fuck you all uh, but also I thought well no one's going to watch this because it's going to be cool. a, a massive sprawling <laughs> dynastic incest filled fantasy you know who's going to watch that and the answer of course was everyone everyone yeah. I th- no I think that's but I think that's part of what um, made it work I think what's 
it's part of how fantasy has evolved since Tolkien. I think Tolkien established modern fantasy. Mm. He took it away from fairy tales and, and established what we think of as the fantasy genre, really genuinely goes back mm. to oh, him and, and C.S. Lewis. Um, but it's been the progression of that since, uh, and I think Robert Jordan was part of that, but I think uh, George R. R. Martin, who's a good friend of his, of course, um, took it another step further and introduced more complexity, more... Mm. Um, Argument, more uh, disagreement and and turmoil and mess into it and and sort of moral murkiness. I mean, Tolkien's fantasy world is very them and us, good and bad, clear delineation between yeah. the two, mm-hmm. and that's what fantasy's been moving away from really ever since. Yeah, because Jordan's the same, isn't it? It's very, very dualism so. is just runs all the way through. It's light and dark. It's very good and evil. No, but even um, then, there's you know, it's not just the chosen one doesn't get on a horse and go follow me, and everyone follows him. It's it's politics and, and yeah. exchange and compromise and, and delay and infighting and all that kind of stuff. And I think so that, that went a little way further mm. and this has gone further still. But modern fantasy generally has kind of entered a phase and people kind of reductively call it grimdark, but that's actually daft. Uh, but it's in a, like, moral ambiguity seems to permeate fantasy these days. Mm. And I think nothing really sums it up quite as well as Martin's books where, you know, like Cersei was like, oh, she's a villain, but she's not. And we were having this argument in the office where Phil was saying, well, she's clearly a psychopath. And I'm like, no, that's really reductive. She's not a psychopath at all. She is morally very flexible. But you have to understand the world she lives in, the way she brought up, what her goals are, what her immediate situation is. And it comes across in the books very well, where in... I believe it's in A Feast for Crows, you first get chapters from her viewpoint mm. and you see the character completely differently because you start to understand her inner life and she's not a two-dimensional villain. She's a complex character who's very, very ruthless and to prepared to do anything she has to do to protect her family. Uh, that's not to say I necessarily condone a lot of the stuff she does, but... You know, there's an element of empathy there, and I think that's important. There is a little bit of an oversight, I think, in this series, which is dealing with the loss of Tommen. And and I don't think there's been much sign of that. You got the impression, almost, that she was glad he was gone because she was on the throne. And I think that's wrong, and I think it it doesn't chime with what we know about the character before. And it doesn't chime by what, you know, her stated objectives, at least, assuming this pregnancy is real, assuming that she's not using it to somehow play her brothers. Um it doesn't fit with her going forward particularly. It's weird. Mm, Um, And I do think that's a little bit of an oversight on her part. Having said that, I mean, there was an interesting article on, I want to say Politico, but I could be wrong. Um, I'm just going to look it up. Uh, It was on Vox, uh, talking about uh, each of the characters this season ranked by political science, ranked by their success as politicians. And... uh, Spoiler for the article, their number one with a bullet is Cersei because mm. she starts off with an extremely weak hand at the beginning of this season and she finishes it still on the Iron Throne. Okay, she's lost Jamie, but apart from that, she's doing pretty well. She's got the Iron Bank on side. She's got the Golden Company, we think, arriving. Things seem to be doing okay. She's removed um, Dorne. She's removed... Um, uh, House Tyrell is House gone. Tyrell, she's split up the uh, the Iron Fleet. You know, she's she's doing okay. Yeah, she. I must admit, she's she's. But then they always said, and it's it's dwelt a lot in the books. That she was always really Tywin's daughter. Like yes. she was, the, you know, very much cut in his mold. And there's a whole section of the books. I don't think it's in the show where she talks about she has a real bitterness that she was born a woman. That she, if she'd been a man, she would have been the heir. She would have been his natural heir to everything because she's just like her father. Mm. And um, she's the eldest of the three. Uh, yes, you're right, she is, by seconds. Mm. Hence the whole Valon Quara thing. Uh, uh, yeah, see now, yeah, see, yeah. Uh, isn't that right, Chris? Fully on board. Yeah. I mean, Maggie the Frog, she knew what she was talking about, didn't she? The singing frog? She may have sang. 
Okay. I'm fully on board with that. Um, from the outside looking in, this is you guys having chats about the the season and what's happening and what's potentially going to happen going forward. And reading some stuff online as well. It seems to me that there's a... Because there's a, fans like to predict what's happening. Yeah. And it seems to me from the outside looking in that a show that, that, that made its bones on being completely unpredictable and bumping people off left, right and centre is now largely predictable. I and that a lot of people hmm. are safe, so to speak, I, until I, I next admit, season. I think there's yeah. truth in that, but the only reason I will say there's truth in it is this. Uh, when George R. R. Martin uh, pitched this to HarperCollins, uh, he sent a letter which is framed on the wall of the offices of HarperCollins. Yes. And it has been photographed, it has gone on the internet. A lot of it is redacted, but his end game did and does involve the characters who are still living. And it talked about how they will... I mean, so you, I think you always knew Daenerys, Jon Snow, Tyrion were going to make it through to the end. That said, in his original pitch, Jon Snow was going to end up shagging Arya. So, I mean, he has... <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. I read, yeah. Yeah, I read that this yeah, week, he was yeah. deviated. He's deviated quite heavily from where he thought he was going to go, but I think he always had it in his head that Jon is the last Targaryen, she's the other last Targaryen, that at some point they would come together in that way. You know, whether or not they marry, whether or not one kills each other, who knows? Uh-huh. But I think he always had a, an end point. But he, you know, they say there are plotters and pantsers in terms of writing. He is a pantser or a gardener, as he calls himself. So he does make it up as he goes along. Um, so he's he does. Kind of, yeah. yeah. So he has, he, doesn't, he has an idea of where he's going. He has no clue how he gets there. So mm-hmm. the characters take on an inner life, which is quite... So what's interesting, he says, about to bore your tits off, uh, <laughs> where the reason there was such a long gap originally between Storm of Swords and Feast for Crows is there was going to be a time jump. So he was going to, Arya was going to cock off to Bravos to become an assassin. And I think you were going to have a leap in time at that point where you were going to pick up maybe five, ten years later. You know, So all the training would be done and you'd carry on. And I think he had real difficulty writing that narrative with the chronological jump. Mm. And he tried and tried and tried for many, many, many months. Couldn't do it. So in the end said, fuck it, I'm going to go back and just write that piece of time mm-hmm. and he said that's why it took him so long to get a feast of crows done quite what his excuse is this time i'm not entirely <laughs> sure but that is but of absolutely. course as we all know george R. R. martin is not our bitch and therefore no. we don't get i mean christ it takes me two weeks to write a feature so i can't so- <laughs> really moan about him taking five years to write a what's the latest time. update where, where is where is he now where is he now uh the 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 next book the winds of winter is t b c it Still. might beat the next season Possibly, it if won't. the next season is 2019, <laughs> yeah, as possibly. has been rumoured. I mean, possibly. the fact is, he hasn't delivered the manuscript. So, until he has, we'll have, and realistically, he'll deliver the manuscript, and then we've got, what, you think maybe six months until publication? So, yeah, and that's them going fast, by yeah. the way. That is, they'll, they'll, that I mean, is a very accelerated it. process, because, of course, they've got no reason to sit on yeah, it. Yeah, they will drop everything yeah. and then work on that. So, I think you've got six month turnaround, but when will he deliver the manuscript? So how much are we expecting his next book to follow where the show's gone? I don't think it will. A little bit. I think there'll be overlap. He had a conversation with Wise and Benioff about what his vision of the end game was. He's had, you know, that's... We we know that he, they did it after season four or something. Yeah, so he's given them the breadcrumbs. He's given them the sort of the trail, the path. Uh-huh. Um, so presumably much of that remains the same. He may well have tweaked it in the writing because, again, things may have changed in the writing because that's the way he works, but there's going to be some similarities. Uh, Already certain characters have diverged Mm. massively, so we can assume that those divergences probably, you know, are reflected in some some degree in the the book. But... um, but for example, there are things like um, there is another Aegon Targaryen in the books, mm-hmm. 
um, who's a, possibly an imposter, we assume, um, and uh, that's not been a thing at all in the show. And probably, I think we can safely say at this point, will not be, because that would be a completely unnecessary diversion. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of threads left, sort of, dangling which they deliberately haven't picked up but then also I think mm. like the Winds of Winter will probably be quite similar because he'd written a lot of that yes and he'll have shown a lot of that to okay. Weiss and Benioff but <coughs> after that I think it will start to deviate more wildly oh, it's, just, it's interesting because you know like, I've read a lot of theories where a lot of people seem to know what's going to happen or they seem to have guessed what's going to happen mm. uh, or you know their, their best guess mm. so a lot of I've read lots of pieces about how it, oh, it's obvious that Jamie is going to kill Cersei and that's that's just the way it's going to be and that's going to be his last stand and finally he's going to turn against his his hot sister and, and you know and Jon Snow and uh, and 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 Danny are going to end up somehow together ruling together as aunt and nephew mm. fuck's going on there um but what do you, what do you think do you think it's going to deviate do you think there's going to be some surprises in season 8 yes do you think Bran is the night king what no no, no. okay i i think there will be a three-way dragon fight <laughs> I think yes. John will end up uh, bonding with Rhaegal because it makes sense, named yes. after his dad, and uh, they will end up flying the dragons against the Night King dragon, and there's going to be a big old dragon fight. <laughs> Great! <laughs> I'm very excited. This somewhat Squee. makes up, this somewhat makes up for the fact that still no one has adapted Temeraria for me, so that's super good. Um, oh yeah, I'm reading the yeah. last one of those at the moment. Oh, so good. Yeah, anyway, okay. uh, well, dragon books, brilliant. Yeah. Um, I think there will be tension between Danny and John when the truth of his heritage comes out. I think they will probably work through that by fighting the Night King together. But Helen, why why would there be tension when he's just been in bed with creepy Auntie Danny? Hey, why is she the creepy one? They're both creepy. She's his creepy aunt. You know, there's, that's proper yew tree right there. That's, he went know, to her, not the. I'm just. Oh, they're oh, the same oh, age. Victim blaming. They're are the we? same age, victim Chris. Blaming. Why is he the victim here? He's, she he's could her be poor the victim. Nephew. It doesn't. They're the same age. He might even be older. Anyway, See, age doesn't matter. Is that what you're saying, Helen? Unbelievable. That's not what I'm saying. You're a weirdo. <laughs> What's um, happening? <laughs> what is happening? Technically um, speaking, there's also necrophilia. What? That's oh, actually a very good that's point. true. I mean, he's a zombie nephew. This is wrong on so many oh, levels. This is wrong. Yeah. So anyway, I think there will be tension between them, and because her whole thing for seven years has been, I'm the heir to the Iron Throne. If she isn't. Then what? Um, uh-oh. Uh-oh. So I, I can see some tension there. Um, I hope that we're going to find out what Melisandre's been up to. Mm. I hope we're going to find out uh, we're ever going to see um, Ilaria again. I'm not sure about that. Um, if we're ever going to see Yara again, seems likely after Theon's yeah. uh, reaction last time. Um, it's uh, it's kind of all to play for. I mean, I you know, much as I adore him, I, I do think, People like Tormund on that level probably not going to have a great season next year you because think, if we're going to make some sacrifices, it's probably going to be those. You people, don't think he it? and the Maid of Tarth will? Uh... No, I don't think she feels the same way about him. I think. I think. Poor guy needs a I hug. Think he will grow in her affections much as he had in, has in yours. Ah, but Jamie's headed back to her, and they've always had a bit of a that is true. frisson. That is true. Although it's, is it a, is it comradely frisson or a romantic frisson? I don't know. So many frissons. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> lot of frissing. Yeah. And the frissons are a family, right? In the, uh, <laughs> so yeah. good, Chris. This, yes, they were wiped out well at the done. blue wedding, I believe. Uh, should we get some questions? Sure. Okay, and then we'll, we'll, you know we might finish off. I might go character by character as best as I can at the end and ask you where you think they're going to end up ultimately. But that's uh, that's crack, crack on with some questions. This is from Josh A. Reynolds, who cheats by asking a bunch of questions. What will Jamie's role be in the next season? That's one. Let's go with that. 
Um, hmm. It's going to be interesting because I, I don't know what kind of reception he's going to get up north. I think Brienne will definitely speak for him, but I don't know if he will be welcomed with open arms. And the whole thing about, oh, everyone saying, oh, we know that Jamie's going to kill Cersei. Um, well, we don't. First of all, there's two suspects. She has two brothers. Um, second of all, uh, if he's now north and she is determined not to get involved, then... <clears throat> When do they meet again? It'll be interesting to see how that happens and also what motive he has. It seems like he knows about every time she's betrayed him now mm-hmm. and his his, action, his reaction was to leave. It was not to kill her. Um, so I, I'm not sure that that feels natural anymore. Mm-hmm. But then again, it doesn't feel natural with Tyrion either. She's going to have to do something really outrageous, I think, to get either two of her brothers to that point. I don't think Tyrion will. I think he's he's done quite a lot already. Um, I'm not sure I'd put that on him. I think it, it makes sense for it to be Jamie, but it does. I mean, but who knows? Maybe she'll die on the battlefield. I thought it was quite interesting at this episode, uh, and again, I'm coming to this as a, as a newbie. Had two scenes where uh, Cersei had uh, her brothers basically saying, "Kill me." Okay, go ahead yeah. and give the order and kill me. And well, they she, were quoting Predator. She couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Emilia, do it now. Come on, kill me. Kill me. I think Jamie said get to the chopper a few times. <laughs> um, so, but I, I thought that, you know, so... The, the, they almost dared the, her and she yeah. did stop short of it. And yeah. so there is still some kind of really deeply wrong and twisted love in that family. And uh, is it, is and it so wrong we, and twisted, or is it just I? I, I mean, I'm not going to kill my brother. Jamie and not... Cersei is pretty wrong and twisted. It's not unwrong and untwisted between her and Tyrion either. Okay, uh, but uh, it's you know it, I don't know. I, it, right now, at the end of season seven, it doesn't feel natural that either of them would kill her. That's not to say that that can't change because she is capable of monstrous things. Who's to say she's even going to die, right? Well, that's the truth. I mean, Bran's theory is that the Iron Throne is the greatest red herring in history and they could just leave her on it and ignore her all of next season. So it's a red herring because the the real story is the the, it turns into The Walking Dead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Another question from Josh Reynolds. If a white can be killed with fire, shouldn't the ice dragon be semi-easy to kill too? (laughs) Emphasis, I guess, on semi. It was like, is it flying around? Is it fucking dragon? Are you going to kill it? Unless you had some other flying thing that had fire. Well, here's a question. Isn't dragon skin presumably somewhat immune to dragon fire? And might that not make it more difficult for them to kill it? Quite possibly. So we don't know. It so is we don't also, know. <laughs> there, is, there is the point that during that particular sequence beyond the wall, they could have ended the entire thing right there had they just breathed fire on the Night King. He was right there. He was right there. It was, I mean, that, that whole episode uh, was wonderful, obviously, from a Tormund point of view, and, <laughs> and terrible from a logic point of view. Like, just awful. Obviously, mm. a lot has been said about the total lack of respect for distance and time that that episode displayed. We had many questions about that. It is yeah. funny, isn't it, that of all the things that happened this season, the most controversial thing was, yeah. what is the airspeed of a raven? <laughs> of an unladen versus, raven. Yeah. <laughs> how tired would it be? How African, long would it have to stop? African or European hey. raven. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it is. I mean, but I think this is it's it's part of what Thrones has done. It's made people take fantasy seriously enough that it's like, OK, well, we buy the dragons. That's fine. Those are safe. They're in the bank. But we're not <laughs> sure. We're not sure about the distance between Dragonstone and the wall. Yeah. It's like our undead hero and his guy with the magic flaming sword are surrounded by the living dead and they need some dragons to come and be fine them to save them. But it's ridiculous how fast this raven flies. Well, yeah. 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 
it well, is. It, 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 it's just, people love to nitpick. That's you know, the whole thing of these shows. I mean, it's yeah. like it's the That's same thing. It's like you know, Thor has yeah, precisely. Thor has a magic hammer. That's fine, totally yeah. fine. Get it? He's fighting the dark elves. I'm sure, totally cool with that. What do you mean he's got to Greenwich from Charing Cross without <laughs> using the yeah. DLR? What the hell is going on? I mean, if he was on a train, that would be one thing. But come on, he's on clearly on a tube. Yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah. Um, to- it's completely but, out of the film. But it does take you out a little bit because you have spent seven years watching these people take a really long time to get from A to B, where A and B are distances apart. And so it, it did feel very wrong and out of place quite frankly um, having said that you know we kind of needed her to get there in time to save, save them and ice doesn't take that long to mm. ice in winter so but then do you remember when Sam left the wall to go to Old Town remember it it and it took like my brain. a season for oh him to God, get yeah. to Old Town and then he got back in half an episode yeah that's because he was powered by his powers of mansplaining yes he was <laughs> um let me tell you about man spending. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Uh, okay, last question for Josh Reynolds because we can't let him monopolize this podcast. Uh, that's James's job. Do you think we'll actually see the Golden Company and could to see the return of Dario? I love Dario. Dario Naharis is yeah. He's oh, Dario one of, from he's, Paris from, is not he's, part of the Golden Company. No, he he's is not. Captain of the Second Son. I know he is, but there is. A th- <laughs> have, you, do you, have you not heard the theory? No, go with go. The for it. theory is Cersei hires the Golden Company, and she's all like, "Hey, I got some mercenaries. I'm going to win the war, y'all." And then it turns out. Dario is in charge of the Golden Company and what? Switcheroo they're fighting for Danny because you know he's still got the hots for her and she probably has the hots for him because have you seen him? So that's the theory. I haven't, no. He's <laughs> so. Michael Hoosman and he's very, very handsome. He has this two. is just Helen objectifying the male it cast really of Game of Thrones, isn't it? I'm just pointing out you pointed out how hot Cersei is. Uh, no, 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 I was sister. talking from Jamie's point of well, view. Well, there you go. Jamie's I'm just talking view, from the point of view of Danny. He thinks of her as his hot sister. He's only got one sister. Why would he add uh, a descriptor? Because he... Anyway. St- you know, he's st- no. her on the side, isn't he? <laughs> trying to keep a PG-13. You've yeah. already said, the motherfucker and all sorts. I'm, I'm trying to be a good person here. All right. ship has sailed. <laughs> it really has. At the speed of Anyway, rain. I'm just saying... With if, you and if, Greyjoy aboard, no doubt. Oh, there very you go. Good, very good. Oh, I'm just good. saying, if the head of the Golden Company com- turns up and he's wearing a helmet or otherwise covering his face... Then it's Daria. Then it's probably Daria. Okay. Daria, who has been recast, lest we forget. Yes. Mm. To Michael Hisman, not from Michael Hisman. Yeah. Who was he before? Just some guy with like a f- melted face. Who, who was he? Uh, yeah, he was originally played by Ed Skrine and then he left to do um, the, tr- the Transporter. Well, why wouldn't you? I mean... It's a career close. opportunity. Uh, okay. So who did Finn Jones play in Game of Thrones? And is he still alive? Vin Jones. Finn Jones. Iron Fist. Danny Oh, Rand. Finn Jones. Uh, he played one of the was he Tyrells. He was, he was Laurel. Oh, was he Tyrell? He was Laurel. Laurel's 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 Is he dead? Is he alive? He's super dead. He's super dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He got uh, he got the iron fist cut into his forehead, and then Cersei blew him up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just basically, I am the immortal. <laughs> <laughs> Every right. every defender's haters uh, dream come true. Yeah, they hate watching that on a on a gif on a loop. Um, at Lee Richards asks, my question for you, well, the others is, what exactly is the zombie dragon breathing? Is it ice, blue fire, something else? Some kind of plasma, maybe. I don't know. It's very unclear. Seems I genuinely, blue fire. I thought they might do an ice breathing dragon in the style of How to Train Your Dragon Two, mm. uh, but he does appear to be breathing some kind of. Zombie fire. Zombie fire. Yeah, which fire? That's cool. Which fire? That that works. And Elmo's fire. I don't know. One of those kind of things. 
it's uh, there you go. But it clearly has force. It's like uh, yes. it's like Cyclops, isn't it? Yeah, like he isn't his eye beams are not pr- fire; they're force. But it's yeah. heat as well because obviously it's melting. I think as well as well, smashing. It, it seemed do, to do be. Feel do you think it was melting as well as smashing? Well, I don't think, I think it was. So, because well, obviously the wall is made of ice and it does bring it down, so it could have been concussive force. But I would say there's probably some heat to it because. You know, it makes sense. What with it also being fire, but we'd like to apologise for the high nerd level yeah. of this podcast. Because <laughs> I think if I <clears throat> pushes imaginary glasses up nose, uh, since the wall is <laughs> spell forged and uh, designed specifically to prevent the undead from passing beneath it, uh-huh. even if they've been able to like smash a hole in it, they could not have gone through. So, if they had never taken the dragons north of the wall, they would never have been in any danger from the Night King. All right, hilarious. See, that's why you're on the podcast to give us that <laughs> mm. information, not to talk about Wheel of Time. Which is great. Yeah, but so is Blue Bloods, Helen. Don't get me started. It is great, Uh, definitely, when Brandon Sonson takes over. Um, Jamie Rumble. That's not a description of what happens in season eight. This is (laughs) someone's question. Uh, Jamie Rumble asks, my question is, what do you guys think was up with Tyrion at the end of the show? Do you think he came to a deal with his sister in the rest of that meeting between them that wasn't on screen? Um, someone else has asked a question along those lines as well. I've seen some uh, readings of that scene at the end. Uh, Latirian is not happy that John and Danny are making the beast with two backs. Getting it on. That he may suspect John's true parentage and he knows that it's all a little bit icky. Or even, and this is an interesting theory, that he's in love with Danny. Yeah, I think that's more likely. I don't think there's any reason why he would suspect John at that point. No. Um, I the, Again, this original outline of the show had a sort of a love triangle between Tyrion, Arya and... Uh, John and with with the kind of the love bit of that triangle having been replaced by Danny, you've got to assume that there's maybe potentially still traces of that there. So it could be Tyrion jealous of John and Danny. And there there is also a prophecy apparently that Danny would be betrayed three times, and one of those times was for love. And so that could be Tyrion then betraying Very her true. because. Or it could have been just because drama, and it's nice to have a poor pen- That's portentous also <laughs> shot. Or, or he, yeah, and it also may be just from a political point of view, it's it's a potential complication. Yeah, it could be purely yeah. innocent and purely mm-hmm. in her best interest. So or he might just basically be dogging. <laughs> it's a possibility. So there's all the possibilities for you. No, he's standing outside the door, not reacting. If he was dogging, he'd be. Anyway, um, I've never dogged. I've never dogged. <laughs> all right, I just my understanding is that you know things okay. happen. Uh, at will underscore full asks, uh, given all the slow build, the subtle characterization, the labyrinthine plotting by characters and writers, and the general nothing good lasts tone, mm. is there any satisfying way of concluding the show? That's a good question because uh, George R. R. Martin is on record somewhere as saying, you know, if you think this is all going to end happily, you haven't been paying attention. He 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 said something about seeing the end of the snow is like you know wind blowing through a graveyard, right? That was it was something like that. Um, having said that, that would be a super unsatisfying ending to eight seasons of a TV show like mm. this. And so I don't think I don't think, and I could be wrong, that we're looking at a completely nihilistic everybody dies, isn't it sucky kind of an ending. I think there has to be some sense of triumph, some sense of victory, however pyrrhic. At the end, somebody has to survive. I don't know who. It's going to be I'm the hoping Night torment King on the Iron Throne. <laughs> Everyone's dead. It's going to be yeah. I don't. Th- but I don't. I, I don't Rick think. Grimes comes in <laughs> with Tony Stark. <laughs> I don't think that makes sense from a, a dramatic point of view. I don't think you can be that nihilistic. Do you think that? But it's I may be wrong. Possible 
George's book will end on a bit of a downer, but they will modify it for the series to make it maybe slightly less bleak. Possibly, yeah. Uh, although his last book is going to be called A Dream of Spring, which has a kind of an optimistic it feel does. to it. So, who knows? Although also maybe suggest you're deluded thinking that spring yeah. will come. So. And also, just a dream. <laughs> if the, if if the Night King represents sort of the unstoppable forces of you know, for example, climate change, which people have been talking about as a sort of metaphor, you know, everybody's squabbling about you know, oh, Republican or Democrat or whatever, and it's like it doesn't matter because we're all going to be underwater. Uh, there's a there's a parallel there, and it may end up with the Night King winning, which would be bad. That would suck. Al Gore yeah. would not approve. Of he that would ending. not. Oh, I'm um, furious about Shall we talk about some of the best scenes? Helpfully, Variety did a, a little feature on the 12 best Game of Thrones season 7 moments. Uh, the first one we've talked about, which is, of course, Arya killing the phrase. The second one they mentioned, Daenerys returns to Dragonstone, which I thought was a lovely, lovely scene. Uh, which is obviously the end of the first episode from this season where she arrives at Dragonstone, which is the sort of ancestral seat of her house. She place of up, her birth. Uh, place of her birth. She walks up that fantastic kind of causeway, the path that leads up, to, that huge entrance hall. This is, this is in, um, it's in Spain, I believe. Spain, yeah. yeah. And they've got those wonderful sort of uh, rock formations, which are apparently unique uh, to that area. And uh, you see that huge the throne room which they built. And um, I wish a little documentary where they think that's the set they're most proud of. And it's the idea is that it is a room entirely designed to make people feel uncomfortable with a huge cavernous sort of ceiling, presumably to accommodate the odd dragon, uh, and that throne kind of hewn out of the rock face. Uh, and she goes in there and she walks into the map room and doesn't she's like, what's her last line? It's like, shall we begin? You know, <laughs> lovely. Like that a lot. Yeah, it's really cool. What's next? Next, Daenerys and Jon Snow finally meet. Yeah, that was good because I think it was a little bit of a slow burn between them. There was a little bit of mutual suspicion at first and her endless bend the knee, bend the knee, everybody bend the knee, like it's a new, <laughs> hot new dance craze. But you know. yeah, it was said so much that you start to think that's a really odd turn of phrase to use, bend the knee. It's a very, it's a really odd thing to say, isn't it? It's like, it feels a bit like Morris dancing. It's like, so are you asking me to, perf- I mean, do you want Michael Flatley in here or am I just calling you queen? It's, it's unclear. I thought they were going to do something clever with that, actually. I thought, you know, since he said he was bending the knee, but he was actually lying down at the time and didn't really count, I thought they had some sort of wiggle room there of he then discovered he was the rightful heir to the throne, but they totally did away with that the next season, or the next episode, so, you know, buff. That was a good scene. And the next one, we've kind of discussed Arya versus Brienne, uh, which is best enjoyed in its original form when they have replaced the swords with lightsabers and put it on YouTube, (laughs) Yes, very fun. I haven't seen that. Uh, Next... Elena gets the last word. Oh, she was, I mean, she was just so great. She's she's the grandmother we all want to grow up to be, really, amazing. isn't she? She's, she was absolutely amazing. stunning. Um, I was a bit, I was a bit frustrated by that whole sort of episode and by that whole story of, you know, one one minute you've got Danny working with Yara, Ilaria, um, and Elena, and everything seems like, oh, this is cool. These women are teaming up. They're going to get something done. Oh no, they're not. They're all dead, apart from one, and it, you know, or imprisoned or whatever. It was just a little bit of a downer, but that all her her finale almost made up for it. What's funny is that they've really, really compressed it to the extent where this was a shorter season. This was seven episodes. The last season is going to be six episodes. But just in those two episodes, I think you had a season worth of material. Mm. Just the <laughs> military maneuverings, getting to High Garden, attacking Castle Rock. I mean that. 
I mean, you look at what happened in Mirren. That that could have been a season. So they've said they're going to round this up so quickly. But you could have drawn this out for another five years if you really wanted to. But so why have they accelerated it? Are they accelerating it because they know that if you progress to the pace that you progress for the first six seasons, that you could be doing this for another four or five seasons, and That's then you run into thing, isn't it? Yeah, but you run into actors' contract situations. Yeah, perhaps and at you that know, point. aging, aging obviously is a big mm. thing as well. Especially, I mean, I. I you know, the, the contrast between where Isaac Hempstead right yeah. and Maisie Williams and Sophie yeah. Turner were at the beginning of the show and where they are yeah. now. They're not going to suddenly dramatically age any more than that, but that's certainly got to be a consideration. Yeah. And I think also if you left it many more years, you're looking at, like, shouldn't some of them be having kids or something? Shouldn't they be getting married? And it sort of begins to introduce lots of complications that you don't necessarily want, that are a distraction from what Martin has planned and potentially completely derail what Martin has planned. So I think you, you risk, when you're trying to fill that up and give those people something else to do and make their stories compelling, you risk just moving f- too far away from what they're supposed to be. Mm. I, th- I think you also do risk, frankly, losing your audience because yes. rarely do great shows, uh, certainly sort of um, serialised shows like this, go beyond sort of seven, eight seasons. Yeah. Uh, because they do lose momentum and people just get a bit fed up. Um, every Star Trek, for example, that didn't get cancelled, seven seasons. It's a magic number. Buffy, seven seasons. Yeah. Mm. Um, West Wing. Exactly. It's, uh, it's But Supernatural, <laughs> coming in on 13 people. Still going. Blue Bloods, no, about to start season it. eight. <laughs> NCIS about to start season 47. I hear, the, uh, I hear the next season of Blue Bloods are uh, all feature length. It's going to be pretty epic. And they're all going to focus on the granddad character. It's going to be fantastic. Who's so hateful, I can't even learn his name. I can't even king. watch him. Um, hissing at the screen every time he appears. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, next. The loot train battle. That was, that was a little bit frustrating to me, again, because... It was burning the wrong stuff. If Danny had succeeded in burning a bunch of gold, then you would have been like, hey, well done, this is cool. She has succeeded in a strategic goal. No, she burned a bunch of wagons full of food with winter coming, which will last for years. That's a terrible move. It's well, a terrible, terrible move. Strategically, it was pretty smart, because at that point she was talking of laying siege to King's Landing, and obviously they would have, they were stockpiling food to fight off the siege. So. But they were stockpiling food for people, and her whole thing is, I'm not going to, you know... Like victimise the people. Burn people. She didn't say she wouldn't starve them. Well, I mean, it kind of feels like not breaking the wheel, Danny. It feels like a a bit, bit of a a mistake. Not a mistake, but like just a bad, a bad piece of. I don't know, politics, I but guess. You missed the point. There was a dragon breathing fire on things, yeah, and no, that's awesome. I very much enjoyed that bit. And also, also, Jerome Flynn was being amazing. Yes, he was. That is true. Is. Braun was uh, and remains great. I couldn't get, I couldn't get over him. Again, coming to this as, an, as a newbie, it's Jerome from <laughs> Robson and Jerome. Not anymore, it's not. It's Bron. Yes, yeah, Nobody Bron. remembers Robson Bron and Jerome. No, 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 no. Well, see, I, I, it's Jerome no. from Robson and Jerome I saying Cox Is it Flynn? Is it Jerome Flynn? Or did I make up Jerome Flynn, I yeah. Didn't, okay. yeah. Robson Green. But is Robson Green in anything? Is he like going to end dragon. up... <laughs> <laughs> He's going to end up on Wheel of Time. Uh, no, I uh, I just thought that was I was a bit frustrated by that, but I loved obviously anything involving dragons, mm. and except then again when Jamie plunges into the water, I genuinely thought you'd have Danny, you know, get the dragon to just reach a claw down and pick him up, and then they were going to have a bit of a summit, and I thought that would be a really interesting way to get the two sides talking. Um, 
as with Jamie as her prisoner. Mm. But maybe he's been people's prisoner enough in this series and they that, decided not to do it again. The first scene of the next episode where he's just going, <laughs> and comes out of the water, it's like, really? Yeah, That's it's the like, best it's, you could it's do. It's very much, and with one bound, he was free, yeah. wasn't it? It was, it was a, a classic, classic get out of jail for no reason card. The next uh, scene on the list is the Sam leaves the Citadel. And the picture they've got is the, uh, the Sam-splaining bit where mm. he ignores Gilly. I would replace that with the poo montage. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. It took four days for them to film that. Apparently montages, who'd have thought, take an incredible amount of time because of all the footage you need to get. They do four days of poo footage to get the poo montage. <laughs> so, things well, you learn. Well, we've well, all been there. We've all been there. Uh, well, what um, else? What else? Uh, Anything from this episode for the last it? episode? West, brackets, Aros, Coast Avengers Assemble. Hey, hey. Uh, I don't know what they did there. Uh, this is uh, this is beyond the wall, essentially. It's right. them all uh, ranging forth beyond the wall to uh, all find the magnificent seven. Yeah. sort of. I mean, memes. Look, that episode was fantastic, but from a strategic point of view, what the fuck were they thinking? Yeah. Tell you what, let's put our main people in mortal danger to get a zombie to make Lena Headey believe us. Or, here's a thought, let's park three dragons on her lawn and mm. breathe fire at her until she believes us. Also, her bodyguard is a zombie. How doesn't she believe us? <laughs> yeah. It's mad. This was, I had I had issues with this whole plan, but, you know. It's a terrible, terrible plan. Um, also, I was a little bit confused, and maybe you guys can go back and watch the episode and, and tell me exactly what's going on. I was a little unclear how many red shirts they'd brought with them. Oh, yes. The they seem to have a few random disposable wildlings. Yeah, because I was, was kind of <laughs> counting, and there seemed to be two walking with them at one point. Yeah. Now, let's be, let's be charitable. Maybe the others were out scouting ahead. But at least three died. Mm. So it's, it's very unclear the last one who dies when they're making their last stand. I really was like, who unclear. Was that? Yeah, I was really worried it was you know somebody I cared about, and like Tormund, for a minute. It turned but, out yeah. it was just Yeoman Johnson from the Enterprise. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Uh, next scene is Viserion dies and is resurrected. <gasps> yeah, I wasn't happy about that. Uh, drag, dragged on a bit, dragging yeah. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. As someone else uh, I saw on Twitter said, it, it, "Why did the Night King happen to have six hundred yards of giant sturdy chain?" But this is the part of the brand is the Night King. Yeah, theory, isn't that it? he knew, he had seen it all. All of this has happened before. Yeah, that he knows exactly where again. to be, exactly where to go, exactly what he needs. Mm. It makes a little bit of sense, doesn't it? All of this has happened before, all of this will happen again. Almost like it's a wheel, wheel of like, time. Almost a wheel of time, yeah. <laughs> and you know who's surviving most? I mean, it's about royal families. It's about blue bloods, in a way, wouldn't you wow. say? Wouldn't you say, Helen? We've blown this thing wide open. <laughs> um, quickly, next scene. Quickly, boy, I mean, we have loads of questions. Okay, okay. okay. Next scene, John bends the knee, which was the... Uh, I thought that was a touching scene, the way she's by his bedside, looking at his manly pecs. Uh, while he's unconscious, which is a bit creepy. Uh, and he she was not she creepy, creepy, creepy Auntie pervy, Danny, That's right. Yeah. No, she's just she's just gone in there to have a moment of quiet because you know she lost a dragon. Yeah. She's a bit upset, and you know he's unconscious, so he can't yeah. bother her. Yeah, I she's imagine unconscious with her with her sexy nephew. It's fine. Um, the death of Littlefinger. Now this this so is satisfying. in many ways my favourite scene of this of this season. It's just fantastic because I genuinely didn't see this coming at all. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Uh, he comes in and she just she says, "No, did he?" In fairness, no, no, he didn't. Uh, you see, it's when she says, "You know, you stand accused of treason and murder," and it's like, "How do you answer?" And it's like, turns and goes, "Lord Baelish, <laughs> eh? Eh? drama, eh? <laughs> uh, yoink." 
Um, and just the expression on his face, because he has absolute composure. He's the smuggest bastard on television, <laughs> all the way through with his, you know, with his little buttoned up mocking mockingbird uh, pin, and uh, and just the expression on his face, because he has that proper double take, "What the fuck just happened?" thing. Yeah, uh, and that's fantastic. And then he, you know, he tries to to speak to the Knights of the Veil. He tries to beg. He pleads. He says he loves her. He starts to cry, and it becomes clear that he's the master <laughs> manipulator. There is nothing he can do. Yeah. and Ari just strolls up, calls. She likes slits his throat. It's so satisfying because I was so sick of the. I mean, the really again bad scenes between Arya and Sansa uh, in the previous episode. Mm. Um, you know, yes, their relationship has always been contentious. Yes, that wouldn't suddenly change because they spent time apart. Yes, it makes sense to have a little bit of sort of mutual suspicion and distance there that they have to overcome. Mm-hmm. But they have to overcome it, and it was so good to see them actually working together mm. and see you know the Starks being like a family for a moment it was brilliant we actually have a question about that scene yeah. uh, from Taryn Strong who asks oh, the shock was fun do you wish we had scenes of the Stark siblings discussing the downfall of Littlefinger beforehand well as um, we heard from um, from Isaac there was such a scene cut out mm. um, and I think it may be probably should have been retained even just a moment of Sansa knocking on Bran's door and saying something like I have a couple of questions I'm, I'm actually glad they cut it if I'm honest with you I think on the one hand I like the the sort of switcheroo, the sort of mm. bait and switch moment, and you're like, because oh! otherwise you would have telegraphed it. But also, I like that it indicates, implies, or possibly leads you to possibly think that Sansa's been leading him by the nose all True. along. And I really like that. I like that she might have been like, yeah, I, I knew what you were about the whole time. Me and Arya were just fucking about. But actually, she had no idea, and she only found out when she consulted Branopedia, and he or, told her. Yeah, or she had an idea, but not a uh, not a knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, that makes because sense. he, I mean, he could have been more helpful all along. Uh, and I like that he's just there to do the kind of mic drop when he's like, "I didn't know," and he's like, "You held a knife to our dad's throat and said you never should have trusted me," uh, and he's just like, "You were wearing a blue shirt. <laughs> it was seventeen degrees." Yeah. The wind was coming in from the northeast. Here's a hot tip for you. Uh, um, uh, Aidan Gillen kept uh, not just the mockingbird pin from his cloak, but the mockingbird pin from his jerkin as well, which is smaller. So he has one, and his son has one as well. Oh, that's cute. Are you sad to see that character go? I think he'd served his purpose. I think, yeah, I think yeah. He'd, he'd, he'd actually survived a lot longer than pretty much all similar characters except for Varys. And so I think it made sense. And you have to do some house clearing this episode. And as we winnow down the, the number of likeable people left um, to basically Brienne, Davos and Tormund, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you have to kind of leave somebody alive to care about. Otherwise, you kind of lose the audience. Could we just have a moment of respect for Liam Cunningham as Davos? Just Daniel, always. Who is so far and away the best thing some of the time when uh, she does her whole I'm Daenerys mother of dragons queen of this queen of that Andal's free men and she just goes it's Jon Snow and then he works, she goes it's king of the north <laughs> also he knows the difference between less and fewer now which is super good I, I love that Stannis was a grammar Nazi I love that about him okay and the final the final scene that we have in this list the wall falls okay yeah, which you've seen Chris what did you think of it um, I thought it was a pretty big wall it was it did fall uh, and it fell mm. and then there were lots of like zombie things walk through the, the big hole mm. it was impressive um, I'm, I'm intrigued by this and uh, you guys can tell me about this and people at home listening to this are going to be yelling idiot at me you know nothing Chris Hewitt but this the show the show seems to spend a lot of time in one locale before switching to another locale and I, I can't quite remember but I think that's the first time we were on the wall that episode right it's the first time we, yeah. you know, yeah. so, and it's the same thing with Hard Home. Hard Home basically spends a lot of time 
bringing my knowledge of two episodes to bear. <laughs> but it spends a lot of time in one locale. Yeah. And it doesn't do that cross-cutting thing that a lot of shows traditionally do. And I kind of thought that maybe you could have had the sequence with Tormund on the wall looking out earlier in the episode just to remind people that there's a wall. I, I'm just intrigued by well, the, the whole previous behind episode. That. Yeah, the whole, yeah. Yeah, of, of course. Wall, but, so. Almost all, yeah. Mm. Of course, but... You know, it's still it's still yeah. interesting. They could have started the episode with that. You're so long in this episode before you go to Winterfell and you mm. go to Sansa and Arya and Littlefinger and all that, and you, you've got. And I understand why, but it, it's just as intriguing from a stylistic point of view. Mm. But the actual spectacle, I thought, was pretty pretty damn good. Also, the musical cues. So, uh, Ramin Djawadi, who does the score, uh, the soundtrack, honestly, the music. Fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. I was listening to the previous seasons, particularly the Light of the Seven, which is the piano piece, which builds up and plays continuously for about 12 minutes up until when Cersei blows up the Sept of Baelor. Uh, and then the final one, The Winds of Winter, which is when Danny sets sail for Westeros. But that piece of music, and it uses Daenerys's theme in it, where you see the dragon bringing down the wall. That's a really powerful piece. I really mm. like that. And he does keep layering up themes that way. I think mm. there's a little bit of the Winds of Castamere in the Light of the Seven, actually. Rains, just Reigns of Castamere. Rain, sorry, yeah. Reigns of Castamere in the Light of the Seven because it's Cersei who's responsible yep. and it's the sort of yep. the Lannister anthem and it's, oh, it's yeah. really clever. It's, and that, no, he's, he's he, I mean, that man has got some game. Yeah, he really does. Okay, we're we're into the last four hours of this podcast. <laughs> and, uh, at Brewy Chris, Chris, Christelle B asks... <laughs> Hashtag so wrong. Hashtag and yet. Hashtag shame, shame, shame. Oh, God. Lannister incest versus Targaryen incest. Discuss. Who's well, the more incesty? Tar- what, what, I mean, what? the Targaryens are definitely the more incesty. They have a long but they don't know. tradition of incest. No, the, these the ones don't know. Okay. There is a long tradition of Targaryen incest. Right, okay. they only, don't they? They only wed their own relatives to keep the bloodlines pure. To keep the bloodlines pure because they are, of course, the unburnt. They, they can survive dragonfire. That was the whole... The sort of point of them. Plus, they don't want to lose their lovely hair. Well, quite, which they have. You know, the first time there's a cross, my goodness, or not the first, but you know what I mean. Um, so uh, it is traditional for them to intermarry and, you know, mm-hmm. shag their relations. Because Aegon um, the Conqueror was shagging both of his sisters. I think that is <laughs> yeah. the yeah. I think that is the the theory. Um, and uh, whereas you know, uh, Jamie and Cersei are more. Um, uh, trailblazers, I suppose. But they are also <laughs> twins. I'm sorry. I'm that so sorry. That twins means it's extra incesty. It's super incest. Like it they couldn't be incestier. Not sister, they were one egg. It's like yeah. looking in a mirror, yeah. only not. It's. I mean, it's basically masturbation, isn't it? I mean, if you. Oh no! This is all wrong. Well, they're they're fraternal twins, not identical twins. Well, that's, no, you're right. You're right. That is true. That is true. My biology's off. <laughs> um, so, what well, we made a discuss here. I, I don't really know. Um, I, look, I think the everybody was. Does everybody not was. Incest. That is correct. Everybody <laughs> was very torn, and I think the show dealt very well with that because what they actually did, of course, is to show you these two beautiful people who have been at the heart of the show for seven seasons, finally getting it on. As we hear that they're related, mm, wow. yeah. <laughs> so very much sort of um, uh, taking away any impulse to hooray! It's, look it's at them. I believe Woo. the technical drama term is it's a narrative boner killer. <laughs> an, and thank you for that. Uh, yes, James. It really is. Uh, in, in the context of the show, it's a massive tentpole moment. And oh, what? <laughs> I'm just saying, in terms of the, the parlance that we use in the in the Thank entertainment you, industry, it was, uh, yeah. Ellen, would you like to comment at all on that particular scene and the sculpted 
iron-wrought buttocks of Harrington. <laughs> I will just say that um, there has been a lot of speculation that I've seen online over the last couple of days that maybe Kit Harrington should be in the running to play Nightwing, um, who is, of course, the comic book character famous for having an exceptionally shapely is he, is posterior. He, he's the arse hero. He is he's the ar- he is ass. he is apparently genuinely the the sort of the heartthrob of the DC universe, the one that all, everybody else talks about being super that. handsome. He's he's he's, not, he's, he's actually just been cast uh, for something else but uh, he is Ro- he was Robin he became Nightwing and everybody was like huh he's so dreamy and he's quite clenched um, I mean he, 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 he doesn't skip squat day is what I'm saying does he suck in the old tummy so who are we talking I don't think he here? has one Robin that's the point. or Jon Snow uh, I mean they're interchangeable I, I guess point. both is, is mm. the point so what we're saying is neither one has skimped on squats I see or okay. lunges right excellent um, incest is bad. I think that's where we yeah. should. We, incest we should, is yes. bad. Let's John Snow's buttocks good. Yes, no matter how hot your sister is, <laughs> or Lord. brother, or aunt, or aunt, or just anyone related. Actually, no incest marriage. No, um, no, Here's it's bad. It's bad. Let's Here's move question. on from Here's a question. Here's yep. a question. So, from a legal standpoint, mm. aunt nephew, <laughs> is that actually? I mean, where does the law stand on that, Helen, I'm, as I'm, our lawyer? I'm pretty sure it is nowadays. Um, is because okay? Of course, there, I mean, married, it used right? to be very, but it used to be very normal in royal families, of course. There mm. are, um, Philip II of Spain, I think, married his niece, I'm pretty sure, with one of his marriages. Philip um, the Eight-Fingered, I believe they called him. <laughs> no, he was all right, but you go a couple of generations further and things start to get really sickly and um, haemophiliac and, and uh, anemic and all sorts of different um, problems crop up oh, um, yeah sorry anyway so uh, so incest is generally not a good thing for the longevity of your house obviously the Targaryens are magic and that's why they get away with it yeah so incest good but only if you're magic no 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 James <laughs> I think we're, we're going incest with an incest bad, bad. right no, unless you're magic not, let's, not even let's if you're just, magic let's just say it's bad and then the magical people can work it out for themselves yeah. we'll stick with bad it's unfortunate incest rhymes with wincest because <laughs> we should remember that it also rhymes with sincest right it's you know that sin. wincest is a yeah wincest is, is a, a thing. whole other thing oh my this god is, this is this is this is supernatural slash fiction oh wincest my is a thing and god. Helen knows all about it I do and not most of it I do that is that is actual slander how even dare you how, Sam's yeah. pulsating pectoral muscles. Oh, good lord, no. <laughs> uh, I'm currently writing some Blue Blood slash fiction, which is <laughs> takes place really, around the dinner table. It really does. It's all about Frank's moustache. Um, right, Pete Woolman, Remy's Gambit, at Remy's Gambit, asks, I suspect none of the Lannisters will make it out of the series alive. What would be the most satisfying way that Cersei, uh, Jaime, and Tyrion could go out? I don't I th- think Tyrion I don't will think die. That's, yeah, I don't think that's true. I think, I think Tyrion's got a very good chance yeah. of living. He is George Martin's favourite character. Mm. So. That doesn't mean anything, though. It does doesn't, it? but I don't think... I don't think he will kill Tyrion. I think if he does kill Tyrion, he'll have an incredibly noble end that will be very important. Yes, but. and on the on the soundtrack, it will be Tyrion's noble end, yeah. and that's how we'll know. Um, I'm not. I'm not even a hundred percent sure that Jamie dies anymore. So no. I, I'm I'm not going to say die on the on the Lannisters. Just I yet. felt though, and I think this was shown most prominently in the Beyond the Wall episode that they've bottled it a little bit, that they've lost their edge because, frankly, no one gives a shit about Thoris of Mere. You know, he might be Dennis Pennis, but other than that, nobody cares. Yeah, that's true. And 
I thought someone tormented the hound, someone you care about. And not Sir Jorah. Not Sir Jorah. Well, no, you don't well, want they, any but, of them to die, but, but I think they, one I of think, them should. I think that's the interesting thing, isn't it? They, they absolutely telegraphed Tormund's death in that. They, they were yeah. they were like, he's yeah. going to die. Oh, my goodness, he's going to die. And I was, you know, shouting and throwing things at the, the TV. And then the dog water. And then he was fine, so everything was okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, he is one of, but he's one of those people that you can use for a cheap emotional hit to, this, to the audience's solar plexus at this point. I think him, Jorah, Samwell uh, are really sort of imperiled next year just because we care so much about them. Masandre as well, Grey Worm. These people have got to be worried. They are in the firing line, I feel like. because we... Keith the Magic Frog, is he in, in danger? Again, it's it's like Maggie. Maggie, the, Maggie, the Frog. Maggie the Frog. She's already gone, it's fine. Oh. Um, but th- those people I'm worried about because they know that we love them and yet they can probably finish the story without them. Mm. And it's very worth Sir Davos... No Can one you, kills Sadavos on my watch. Like I'm just saying, like there could be riots. <laughs> no. Do you remember those T-shirts that everybody was wearing at Comic Con one year? If kill they kill, Darryl. if they yeah. kill Daryl, we riot. Well, mm-hmm. I'm getting them printed up with a few different names on. It's kind so. of interesting now because now I feel that they could kill Daryl on The Walking Dead, and no one would riot. Is there anyone who's untouchable, like Ala Daryl in the first five? You know, do you do you think that John's gonna John Snow who's think, died once already? But I think he and Daenerys. He are and Danny, yeah, because okay. because you know, without her, the dragons are probably uncontrollable unless he can unless he can take over. Okay, I think her arc and how far she's come means she mm. can't die. I really, I think he's more disposable than she is. Uh, but I think we've spent so much time watching her tit about in Mirene and talk to harpies <laughs> and do this and do that that to kill her, it would just be like, oh, come on. And it would be a bit the same for John, but I, I agree, you're right. I, I also think uh, certain people haven't done what they came to do yet in the sense of uh, plot-wise rather than, you know, in terms of their hopes and dreams. But, like, one of the reasons I think Tolman and Beric's arrived, apart from wishful thinking, is Beric hasn't done anything useful yet. And really. probably won't. But he, he he should at least have the chance to, and I feel like he do hasn't you, had that yet. So. Do you have to, though? No, but I think why why keep them around if they haven't done also, something yet? Why well, bring them back if yeah. they're not for something? Why bring him back to life like six times yeah. to, uh, to have him do nothing? Unless his purpose was just to keep them alive when they were surrounded with his flaming sword. Maybe that was his purpose. Maybe, but that seems weak. I think I think there's more from him, so, mm. uh, so I think he's still there. Anyway, so... But yeah, it's it's worrying next season. It's worrying. Um, question from at the coolest Pete, who asks: uh, One season left. Who do you think ends up on the throne? I liked uh, Isaac's theory that it's a red herring and it doesn't matter. Um, I a also red herrings on the throne. This is madness. <laughs> I also think uh, the throne, the physical throne, should probably be melted down and used for Valyrian steel. And I don't think it's made of Valyrian. I know, but again, dragons. So I think it's going to be fine. Um, but I think you get rid of the throne. I don't think yeah. the throne has Sir Pounce. A... I think it's going to be King <laughs> Sir Pounce. Uh, Monty H. Withnell asks, uh, with so many plot strands in the book made redundant because of the TV series, does this make them more, as in you guys, mm. uh, more and more or less eager to finish reading the books? Uh, I don't think I can follow the character's stories now. I know they will be dead. It is hard. I do find these much less re-readable than most books. Really? I went back and read, reread, you know, the series when the last one came out many, many, many years ago. And it was quite hard kind of re-engaging in book one 
because you were like, well, you're dead and you're dead and you're definitely dead and you're super dead. And it was just, <laughs> you know, it, it felt very kind of empty in that sense. So it, they they do lose a bit of readability, re-readability because, you, you know, so many of the of the narrator characters die. Well, as you know, I don't really reread books, but no. I have, I've, I, uh, I read obviously all of these books and I then re-listen to them as audiobooks. They're narrated by Roy Dutrice, who genuinely does a different voice for all 900-odd named characters. It's quite astonishing. Wow. Uh, and I really enjoyed it because you join the dots up. Like, ah, oh, but this is going to, ah, oh, now I know why this is there. So there's a lot of that that you pick up on the foreshadowing more. Um, I'm really looking forward to the other books, mm. but I've enjoyed these seasons significantly more since I didn't know what was going to happen. Like, I, I'd like to the point where I've, I've now stopped watching the show on my iPad on general principle and will only watch it on my television because I need to experience <laughs> it properly because I don't have a clue what's coming next. Yeah, it is really exciting now. But it's also really exciting. It'll be exciting to see what the book does and, and how it addresses some of the same sort of events from a different point of view. Mm. Renee Meta asks, uh, what could the Night King do to the mountain given that he controls the dead? Oh, that's an interesting question. But then does he control all the dead or does he just control the ones that he has or his guys have brought back to life? Mm. Well, Helen is an expert in this. I think it might be the latter. <laughs> but, I, you know, that, I think that there is a, there is a question there. I, I don't know, know that he necessarily controls every dead thing. I think there might be... There's a, there's a suggestion that he has to sort of lay hands on um, or, or one of his guys, again, has to lay hands on. So... Uh, I don't know, mm. but I but I'm very very doubtful of of the mountain anyway being a good thing. So uh, you know, <laughs> he he's gonna there's gonna be Clegane Bowl. Clegane Bowl is gonna be. happen. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, there was that little trailer, that lovely moment between the two of them in the last episode there, where you're like, uh, and somebody pointed out it's a bit unrealistic because the hound thing has always been keeping this rivalry between them unspoken, and he suddenly just marches up to him in the middle of a whole crowd of people and says, yeah, okay, so I'm going to kill you. Not so, right now, but it's totally going to happen. So pretend I haven't seen any Sure. Episodes, okay. Far-fetched, How but fine. long has it been since they saw each other? At this point, four or five I mean, seasons, it would have been probably? since the mountain... Was recast. <laughs> was recast. That's absolutely right. Uh, well, the mountain was dispatched from King's Landing to kill Beric Dondarrion. And I can't remember when the hound... Doesn't the hound leave King's Landing... After the Battle of the Blackwater, am I right in saying? It sounds about right. Uh, so I probably around then. Yeah, it's been a um, long time. Yeah, it's been a long time, but they, they they're not chums. But they are brothers and have been rivals since childhood. And it was okay. the mountain that burned the hound. But sh- but that might explain why. So he's he's does he know the mountain's going to be there? The hound. I think he figured. He yeah. figures, but so he knows the mountain is is. Well, you say that quote unquote alive. But the mountain to everyone, everyone believes the mountain is dead. That's Sir Robert Strong. Yes, I know. Uh, so he clearly recognises him as who he is. They've kind no of downplayed that a little bit, though, haven't they? In the yeah, I think they're all pretty much yeah, it's the mountain. Yeah, I mean, because how many people are that size? But <laughs> I mean, the man had his head cut off, so okay. it, it's a bit like yeah, this is the mountain, but his head with the what? Um, <laughs> speaking of the mountain, an interesting point on costumes. I noticed that Cersei has redone the livery of her guards. So yeah. the mountain is no longer in the kind of uh, white cloaks of the king's guard. I noticed that. And she seems to have, it's not just him, but a lot of the soldiers, and I'm assuming this is Cersei's sort of royal 
guard, like mm. the Queen's guard, if you will. They've all got those sort of black and black and silver. And the crazy, the crazy cool helmets. Yeah, and they've all got uh, sort of ninja-esque face masks Yeah, they're on. very cool. And I thought it was just a hound, but it is actually no, all it's of them. No, it's all of them as we saw this episode, they're I think, for ninjas. the first time. They look amazing. I have to say, the costumes this season have been out of this world. I mean, mm. Danny's snow coat for the for the exhibition expedition North of the Wall was amazing. Um, everything Cersei's worn has yeah. been just brilliant. Costume designer was saying something about that, that... Mm. Uh, when Cersei's feeling less sure of herself, she wears more jewellery. So the more jewellery she has on, that indicates insecurity and that she feels her position is weak. Whereas when she's looking more austere, it means she's hardcore. Yeah. Uh, which I really like. So when you see her when she first assumes the Iron Throne, she just has that one simple chain and those really cool steel shoulder pads. And you're just like, yeah. Amazing. Okay, so rattle through some last questions. Uh, James Monkton asks, uh, or states rather, given previous seasons in the nature of Game of Thrones, I was actually disappointed we didn't lose more major characters. There were lots of fake-outs, Jamie drowning, being saved, Tormund getting mauled by the dead and saved. Probably the first shot of next season will be Tormund's head popping out of the snow. Uh, much <laughs> as I love seeing everyone together and on the side living, I have a feeling they're going to rush slaughtering many of our favourites in the next six episodes until we're left with just a significant few left standing. Yes. But will the impact be lost? Long question. Will the impact be lost because we're expecting it to be like that and there'll be no time to mourn characters as it's all over? I, I mean, there, there's a danger of a sort of, um, of that kind of, uh, you know, Buffy finale kind of brushing aside of major deaths. Um, you know what? You know who I'm thinking mm-hmm. about. Um, but I think... And this is why, I've, as I've been saying, I'm worried. I think they're going to kill the people we adore so steadily that it's still going to hurt. I think they're just going to be killing people we adore all of next season. That's what I think. All right, we'll, we'll do the character by character thing okay. in, in a few minutes. Um, uh, Gaz Jacobs asks, um, we've, question we've discussed, where Tormund and Beric kill when the wall fell, but the second part I really like. If so, does anyone give a shit about Beric? <laughs> No. no. Okay. Well, I quite enjoy it. Harsh. He's very sort of he's very sort of biggles in a weird way. He's very sort of posh and and daring and such swashbuckling. In a big I way. think he's rubbish. Well, you can think that. Fair enough. I'm I'm with you on Tormund, though. I don't want him to die. Tormund is the greatest. <laughs> Rick Purves asks. It's probably been asked by others, but why are the White Walkers such a problem if they cannot pass the wall? Uh, surely John has made things worse by giving them a dragon and more soldiers for their army every time he goes north of the wall. Yeah, I wonder about that. Like, I'm, they must have had some sort of plan other than, hey, let's wait until somebody flies a dragon up here. <laughs> I mean, Did there they? must have been, I don't know. Because they spent seven seasons just wandering the wilds, not doing anything. Yeah, hippie, but, know, I think, but I think that's a little commune. bit... I think that's a little bit like the dragons spending seven seasons not doing very, or certainly six seasons not doing very much. Well, they were growing up. They were at school. They were, but equally, the Night King was growing an army to a sort of the size that it now is. Because he was, at first, when we saw him, he was kind of picking off the odd, unwary Nightwatch patrolman and the odd, unwary wildling. Mm. And now he's, like, smashed through everything north of the wall. So... I think there was a parallel development between the dragons and the Night King. And the problem with both is they are now the nuclear weapons of Westeros. And they're so powerful that there's no way to do them halfway. There's also the fact, isn't it, that the dragons are what brought magic back to the world. Magic didn't exist until the dragons were born. So maybe the Night King couldn't really do much until the dragons... Were around. Yes, I think there is that that implication as well. But yes, as we pointed out in the interview with Isaac, you could have just sailed around the edge of the wall since it didn't actually go very far into the sea. <laughs> okay. 
Um, Sean Rival is the first person to actually ask directly, is Bran the Night King? And you guys have categorically said no. No. Why? I just think it's a little bit far-fetched and I don't think there's any evidence that time travel is a thing in this universe. Yeah, I mean, I mean well, a little bit far-fetched is kind. There is a bit of it because he can, I mean, he can see the past. The question is, can he impact the past? I don't think we, you know, and does his warging combined with his three-eyed ravenness mean that he could warg into the past? But Who the knows? theory is that he would warg into the past a number of different times. Like yeah. there's circles within yeah. circles within circles to make this theory. he becomes the Mad King, he becomes yeah. the Night King. It's yeah, And that is super complicated to explain in the remaining six episodes even if they are feature length it just seems a little bit I just think pointless honestly, it's a bit of a rubbish idea mm. and they wouldn't use it because it's rubbish and the idea that oh look they look alike I think is I mean I mean the, it's true they both have legs and arms no, it's, I, I thought it was actually quite uncanny <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah like really exactly the same shaped face but to be fair really? if you look at the guy who plays the Night King the, uh, the actor who does it uh, he that's just his face you know <laughs> it's, not, it's not like they've CG'd him to look like Isaac. It, that's I, his face. Okay. I mean, all right, if you see uh, it. Need for Cheese asks, as everyone else is worried about me, about hot pies, eventual death <laughs> by Ice Zombie. And isn't season eight going to be too visually samey with all the snow now that winter's here? Um. Okay, so I don't know that he necessarily dies by Ice Zombie because he's a bit closer to the neck, isn't he? So presumably it's Lannisters or Golden Company or somebody coming up that he should be more worried about in the short term at least. I imagine, assuming that they hold Winterfell past like episode one of next season. In terms of the snow, I think they've done quite a good job of making all of the different locations look quite different and getting us to know the the sort of the landmarks in each location. So I feel like we'll still be pretty much okay. I I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Could I just offer a point of trivia? Mm -hmm. The guy who plays Hot Pie has (laughs) genuinely, this is not a joke, opened a bakery called You Know Nothing John Doe. Super good. <laughs> What's the guy's name? Uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but he genuinely has. Although you know I would have called it Hot Pies apostrophe S. So then people like Grandma Nazis would have come and go, I think you're fine. They go, actually, I think you're fine. I'm fucking Hot Pie. This is my fucking shop. Fuck off. And that would have been funny. Have you been taken over by the hound or something? He was, Very sweary he was, there. Uh, ben Hawkey yes. is the actor. Yes, that's right. Okay. That's him. That is the Hot Pie. All right. Okay. Uh, Abigail Rose, Abby Rosenquest asks, "Why do you think no one's been able to slice the throat of Lord Baelish until now?" Um, tricksy. Yeah, very, very, very tricksy. Yes, it's very tricksy. Do you think the show has declined in quality? This is a question from Tom Wise. Since the show ran out of original material to adapt. No, I don't think so. I think there's there's definitely been some changes in in speed and uh, focus, maybe a little bit, but I I don't feel like it's not good or not as good I think it's just good in different. a different way yeah, yeah it's just different Wilhelm's man asks putting aside the ickiness of the audience celebrating an aunt banging her nephew I know there was snow everywhere in that scene uh, isn't it odd that Bran never knew Lyanna and Rhaegar had tied the knot despite hearing on her deathbed that John's real name was I can't Aegon 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 Targaryen Tar- Tar- well uh, we, we talked about this in the interview but um, uh, Bran doesn't always know where to look he, he has access to all the information, but it doesn't mean he's actually absorbed it all yes. yet. So he had to know that there was something there to yeah. look for. Yes. And, you know, that, that, that scene where they get together is, is pretty short. And I think, what is it? It's like 30 seconds, which has probably got to be a record for getting six inches of snow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That is terrible. <laughs> if, you'd, if you'd watched Deep Blue Sea, you'd know that snow moves really fast. So. Yeah, yeah. And ends quickly. 
Anyway. Oh, my word. Oh, dear. Some unexpected flurries of snow. All right. Okay. Last question from a, a, a listener. Sean Neal. Why haven't they never featured the Giants Causeway in seven series? Are they saving it? Do you know what? I think the Giants Causeway makes it far too difficult to film there. We saw this in Hellboy 2. It's been a real problem. We need more filming on the Giants Causeway. They basically, I think they refuse to close for a morning for filming. So nobody's able to film there unless right. they're fine with tourists walking into shot. Um, this is a Northern Irish uh, landmark. It's a... Uh, a World Heritage Site, in yeah. fact. It's a, it's an amazing, amazing place. Everybody go visit Northern Ireland. It's great. Yeah. And up around the North Coast from where I'm from, basically everywhere you stop, including my local beach, now has a little sort of plaque telling you what scenes from Game of Thrones were shot there. Really? So the local beach where I'm from was the beach in Dorne where Jamie arrives with Bronn back in season, what, five? Uh and, and you thought that was somewhere hot and tropical, and it was not. It yeah. was Port Stewart. So uh, the whole of the Northern Irish coast basically has featured at some point in Game of Thrones, apart from the actual Giants Causeway itself. Which but then is, what yeah. would it play? Part of the neck, maybe? Part of the Iron Isles, perhaps? I've, I've often asked myself the same question. Sometimes I lie awake at night. Of course you wondering do. Wondering how they're going to fit the Giants Causeway into the Game of Thrones. I just don't think they are. Sorry. I, I don't know. I mean, I my my personal theory is that Finn McCool, uh, who created the Chance Causeway, is a bit picky about the shows and, and films that his uh, his home, <laughs> his Causeway, uh, ends up in. So yeah, we need to talk to him. Direct, mm. Go 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 direct to Finn McCool. All right. Okay, that's it for readers' questions. Again, apologies if you didn't get yours read out. It just means that you know we'd already discussed it. Um, so I'm going to go very very quickly because we we got to go. Because this has already been a feature-length podcast. Well, it's a feature-length podcast for 67 episodes. That's fine. It's all good. Uh, Your predictions for season eight, character by character, what happens to them? Let's start with Podrick. Uh, Is is, the the true hero of the show. Mm -hmm. What happens to him? Podrick with the magic cock. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, this is a thing. I know, I know. This is a, in fact, it's referenced in the... Do you know why he says it to him? He says to Tyrion, you can suck his magic cock later. Do you know why he says that to him? Uh, no. He, uh, he, uh, Tyrion, to reward him in, God, season... I want to say two. I think it's two. Because uh, he, he sends him to a uh, to Littlefinger's brothel to lose his virginity. And he goes into a room with three prostitutes and comes out with his gold intact because they all had such a good time. <laughs> they didn't want to take his money. So uh, he has a magic cock. Um, Well, I mean, that totally changes my prediction, which is that he probably doesn't make it to the end of the season alive. Mm. The Ron Jeremy of Westeros. (laughs) Good Lord. Um, Perhaps he can rebuild the wall because he he can dig Anyway, Apparently he calls it the Giant's Causeway. (laughs) Uh, All right, Jon Snow. Alive, dead, king. Alive. Um, I'm dead. I mean, maybe maybe he probably has a lot of like faffing about and arguing and then becomes like co-king at some point. Okay. He is the mope meister. Can you imagine oh the amount God. of like, you know, emo soul searching he's going to do when he finds out he's related to Danny? So emo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ye gods. <laughs> 
It's like, oh man, I totally fancy her, but she's my aunt. And, and there's, and the, but also the political aspect, like, should I take up the throne or should I try and like form an alliance with her anyway? Because you know, got to work together against Night King. So maybe we should just keep owning. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just for old time's sake, you understand. <laughs> just politically speaking, you know, yeah, just because we've got to be to get pregnant. That's going to be the thing, isn't it? Because they they already sort of foreshadowed that when he points out that Miri Mazda is perhaps not the best source of information. Or do you think that's what it was? Subtle foreshadowing? Yeah, so they set up a new uh, Targaryen dynasty, I guess, potentially. Um, uh, Okay, Daenerys. I mean, part of that, I think she... I think we're looking at them taking the throne together, but, you know, I would welcome all surprises. Yeah. Uh, Tyrion. Alive. Alive. And doing Alive and awesome. Like, yeah, just being super good. I mean, we haven't really talked about Tyrion, but he's just been super good. Like, he's, he's awesome. He his strategy has been terrible. He's led Daenerys down the wrong path a few times, but he's also tried to check her worst instincts. I think she has to take the lion's share of responsibility for her own sort of st- strategic mistakes. He had that great scene with Cersei at the end, which I think was really well played, even if she was playing him. And uh, and he's just great. Yay for Tyrion. <laughs> uh, Davos. I worry about him. I think they He's might. Dower and Northern, they always survive. I hope so. He's survived a lot longer than any of us might have thought, so long may that continue. He's mm. just so good. Jerome, out of Robson and Jerome. <laughs> Bron, uh, Bron, everybody thought was going to die this season. Like He was very high on the predicted kill list. Where is he, though? Because is he still with Cersei? Because he, yeah, he wasn't I think with so. Jamie when Jamie left, but his. I mean, his loyalty is to gold, isn't it? But uh, he's kind of Jamie's mate. I think um, he's our one likable figure left in King's Landing. That's what I think. I I think he's he's for the for the burn. Yeah, he, he may not <laughs> he may not make it to the end. Cersei, um, dead. Probably, yeah. She doesn't live. There's no yeah. way she lives. But we thought she'd be gone this season, and she's still there. True, so. true. Sansa, I feel like she's gonna make it now. I feel like she might be the sort of Queen in the north, while John goes south to take the whatever's left the Iron Throne or whatever. I think she's like a she's the Stark in charge right now. I feel both she and Arya are at risk. I feel maybe one of them is going to die. I think Bran is definitely going to die. Um, I, yeah, I just have a I have a three eyed Raven esque tingling about that. <laughs> I think you can be right about Bran, and I would even think you're right about Arya. I think Sansa might might survive. She She's been through some shit. She deserves she has, to survive. Yeah. How long has it been since the Stark bought it? Um, uh, only only a season. Uh, okay. Rick on at the end of last season. But wasn't he? He's a minor Stark, wasn't he? he... How dare you, sir? <laughs> um, Jamie. Uh, Jamie uh, is going to make it a little bit further. I again, I think he might he might make it to the end. Live or die heroically. I think. Yes, I agree. Uh, has he become more of a hero as yeah. the show's He's lived long enough to become the hero, hasn't he, Alan? Yeah. <laughs> he has. <laughs> uh, Jorah. I worry. Dead. <laughs> yeah. Ian Glenn is definitely not long for this so world. Yeah, my understanding that, of this that is that he's... that will devastate a generation. <laughs> my understanding of this is that he's deeply in love with, with yeah. Danny. Is this, is this true? But, he's, is... but it's, uh, it's, it's not reciprocated. No. Yeah, he, is, uh, he was the one that they called Sir Friendzone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, poor man. Hey. No. Sir Friendzone is definitely getting killed. Oh, he's like Gunther, isn't he? He's yeah. basically... <laughs> Oh, that's such a shame. Uh, Theon. Um, 
Uh, dead, yeah. probably. Although, dead. no, I, you know what? Like, not everybody's going to die. I will say, say this. Not everybody's going to die because you still have to have heads of houses. And we've, we've currently got, like, three enormously powerful houses that are totally leaderless in the South. And there've got to be some people there to pick up the pieces at the end and, and get the continent working again. So why not Theon? I think he's getting a little bit of his goodness back. And I know, yes, there's very good reasons why he can't find a house long term <laughs> or a couple of them missing. But, you know, I think he might, He's he's been through a lot. Like Sansa, he deserves a break. Well, and he he's, might make it. He's going off to Euron, who is like the cockiest guy in Westeros. And he, of course, <laughs> is the least cocky guy in Westeros. So actually, it's an interesting hey. pairing. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, really, really quickly, Brienne. Um, die heroically, probably. Lives. Okay. Oh, let's hope. Love you, think, you think Bran's going to die? You think Arya's going to survive? I'm not sure about Arya. At risk. Very much at risk. Okay. Uh, Melisandre. Um, going to die, but she's going to come back and do something Don't first. <laughs> I, it feels a bit like she's not in anymore because she's served her narrative purpose. I mean, I wonder, I think we'll possibly see her again if the whole R'hllor thing... Because there's still a big question mark over what is all that stuff about. Yeah, exactly. So That's why I think she'll be back. Are first. they going to explore that, or are they going to brush it? You know, I think I think they're going to bring something back from that. Miss mm. Day, uh, die. Is that because she's going to be off filming? I was about Fast to say it depends on the, <laughs> on the shooting schedule for Fast Nine. I would say no, but I think she might like die defending Danny, kind of a thing. I I've, I feel like, or she and Grey Worm could be caught up in some kind of catastrophe, and sort of they they would be the human faces though are swept away by this overwhelming disaster. Okay, last last three. The Hound. Live. He might live, but he's going to have a hard time of it finding his brother. I read a theory, and I, I, I skim read it, so I don't... But someone says he's going to play a bigger part, he could play a bigger part in the overall story of Night King and killing the Night King. I didn't understand it. Well, he's hardcore, so maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's pretty cool. Okay. He's very afraid of fire, so probably won't like being around the dragons, so you've got to assume he'll be trying to go off and do something else somewhere else. Yarp. <laughs> Narp. Um, Ned Stark. <laughs> I think we can safely say he's dead. Heroic well, return? <laughs> presumably the Night King will animate his headless corpse from the tombs of Winterfell and send it storming towards King Oh, Bannon. that's a disturbing thought, isn't it? <laughs> Getting into the yeah. tombs. That's Headless not... Sean Bean. Sharpie, sharpie, sharpie. He comes, he comes back on? just to die again. <laughs> oh, two, see what you could do. Uh, right, and the very last one. Christopher Hivchews, Tormund Giant Spain. He's going to live, man. He's going to live, I hope. The lover of bears. <laughs> but yes, you know, it was cold. All right. So, by my reckoning, I wasn't making a, a list as you said that, but... I don't think you predicted anyone to die. <laughs> I did. I did. did I, we said people are at risk. At we, risk. We did. We did predict Sir Jorah's death. We're worried about Sir Davos. Um, Brand. That, that's all. They're all red Brand. shirts, aren't they? Ultimately, no, they're all expendable cannon you. fodder. Uh, yeah. I. You know. I want something unpredictable. I want to. You know. If I. If I'm going to start watching a show because yeah, I got until 2019 to catch up with all 67 episodes, persuade my wife that it's going to be right up our alley. There's no dinner they table were. scenes with a really annoying old granddad, but well, there's a few. Yeah. Are there? Oh yeah. They were right in. <laughs> we're banging. This is going to be great. Uh, I've got time to catch up in this. So, but season eight, I want something unpredictable. I want. I want someone big who's like, apparently safe to. Be a lot taken of these the people board. that we are saying are safe are safe only. 
in it's our all, estimation. It's wishful thinking. Yeah, yeah. there's, no there's an element said. of wishful thinking. In art as in life, James. Yeah. Uh, right, okay. On that note... Uh, Thank you for listening to our blitherings. Uh, I understood half of that, and so I hope you understood more of that. Uh, that is it for our Game of Thrones Season 7 spoiler podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, our next spoiler podcast will probably be for Kingsman The Golden Circle. That'll be out uh, sometime in late September. Uh, don't forget we're doing a live podcast as well at the London Podcast Festival, September 16th, the evening of, of September 16th. That's a Saturday. So uh, you can get tickets for that at www.kingsplace.co.uk. You can buy uh, multiple tickets as well for other events. It'll be at the London Podcast Festival. So come along and see us talking live. Uh, there may be discussion of incest. Who knows? Um, and... If you don't listen to the regular podcast, the regular Empire podcast comes out every Friday. We would love it if you could subscribe and leave lovely reviews for us on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. So until next we meet, it's goodbye from Helen O'Hara. Valar Margulis? No, it's Juliana Margulis. <laughs> Such an easy mistake. <laughs> well, obviously. Uh, it's goodbye from James Dyer. Valar Doheris. Hey. Hers <laughs> <laughs> means all men must die, and mine means all, mes- all men must serve. Well, it was either that or night gathers and now my watch begins. Uh, but I thought not. The okay. night is dark and full of terrors, you know. All right, okay. And it's goodbye from me. I'm off to bend the knee, which at my age is becoming increasingly more difficult. Uh, thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>